Joey Salvia. For our 77th episode, Greg, Robert, and comedian Mike Cannon sit down in our Westwood One Podcast Network Studio Lounge to talk shaman, aliens, cannabis, hallucinogenics, politics, the universe, conspiracy theories, making babies, and Simbad. No calls, no shout-outs, right to the episode. Greg. And we are live from the Westwood One Lounge in Times Square. It's time for the Opie Radio Podcast. that for you robert because you're low energy today <laughs> how are you sir <clears throat> oh no i i just heard it um i heard rumors that you lost your voice and you're blaming me right in a loving way yes you're, you don't want to blame the fact that you were partying your balls off at <laughs> carl's new restaurant with eb guitar i tapped out well before shit went down i think i i know how to get in and get out you said i think that's that's never a good i don't sign. know what happened afterwards and yeah. that was i don't know but i can't remember that was, but you're sick i am on the other side of it yes i have this awesome uh fm voice right like i've been smoking cigarettes again and yes. drinking whiskey with uh you know sawdust infused yes you could do, you could do like classic rock right now <laughs> intro a classic rock song for me it's more than a feeling from boston on your 10 in a row oh it just comes right back with the puke and everything and your 10 in a row what's that i worked at two 10 in a row classic rock stations in my time i don't know boston and new york I mean, I, I worked at three uh, homes of rock and roll, but I never worked at a ten-in-a-row No, place. see, you were always at the homes of rock and roll, and yeah. I got at the second-rate ten-in-a-row. Actually, no, in Boston, we were the ten in, we were the number one, and in New York, we were the number two until N.E.W. shit the bed. But, right. uh, you know, it was always, it was, uh, well, it was Boston's only classic rock. You're home for a ten-in-a-row. That yeah. is just stupid. Mike Haddon, yeah! What's up, buddy? <laughs> What's up, man? How are you? Good, Good to see you, man. Doing? That's How's Robert. it going? How are you? What's up, Robert? Nice to meet you. Very you're, nice you're to meet you as well. Should I close this? Yeah, yeah. You're going to be cursing him in, uh, in nah, about two I'm, days. I'm perfect. I'm, because uh, he's sick. So no, I'm not. In two days, you can, you can text over me it. and you go, that son of a bitch Robert got me sick just it'll like be, you said he would. It'll be perfect for my pregnant wife. <laughs> you know, I only found that out uh, uh, today. I know, right? Yeah, I, I, her mother made some big announcement on Facebook, and like they all wanted the 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 shine. So I only put a bit about it because I'm a self serving <laughs> asshole. <laughs> when did you guys announce you were having a kid? Uh, like right, New Year's. Like that oh, was okay. that was when wow. it was kind of like I guess cool to yeah. say something, but who who knows? So I'm still you're, at, you're out of that first twelve weeks. That yeah, first... now we're at like fourteen. Oh yeah. You're, oh yeah. nice. Yeah, Doctor yeah. said so you got the all clear. Guy, yeah, I got the all clear. Kids got a big dick. I saw that oh, on really? the sonogram. Congratulations yeah, yeah, on that. yeah. We didn't have, even have to wait for the blood test. Kids, <laughs> kids, piece took up the whole sonogram. Nice. <laughs> when I was having uh, my second kid, and we were finding out the sex of the baby, mm -hmm. and you know how you're looking at the screen and shit. Yeah. I thought I saw cock. <laughs> so I'm sitting there like, yep, I already know, man. I'm trying to, you know, show everyone that I'm an expert at this right. shit. Turns out it was a girl. <laughs> <laughs> it was just a sweet foot. I, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what I was looking at, but. 
That's what my wife was saying. She's like, how do they know it's not a foot? And then the baby was like swimming around in her and it flipped yeah. over and she could see like the whole ball bag. And she's <laughs> nice. like, all right, I think, yeah, that's unmistakable. <laughs> you're going to you're gonna be very surprised how big the, the dick is. Very in, excited. In, in a, on a newborn. Well, it's, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, you're going to be like, from, what? <laughs> it's coming from my wife's Italian side. It has nothing to do with me. No. <laughs> Uh, how long have you been married now, Mike? Like a little over two years. Two oh, and a half wow. Years. Yeah, yeah. And you guys decided to finally go for it. We huh? didn't even decide, man. I mean, we've been together since we were kids. No, I know. You know but uh, yeah, married like two years. And then uh, I was leaving for the Middle East. And the day, you know, I was like telling her what a hero I was for going over there and shit. <laughs> and like, so we were having sex and I was joking. I was like, I'm deploying. And I just finished inside of her. And then the day I got back, she was like, I'm fucking pregnant. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. One shot, Kobe. The only reason I'm asking this because, you know, it, it led to a baby. But do you usually finish in that no, way? No, so no, no. So you just decided, what the hell, I'm going to give it a shot here? I just I just got lazy and like thought it was funny. Because <laughs> 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 like, that was basically it because we've been having sex for 18 years and we've she's never been a day late right so i assumed i've just been like you know puttering out some sort of nonsense from my dick so you know no what's funny about that you know when you ask your parents about how you were conceived and all they always tell you some romantic story like yeah. we were on our honeymoon and blah 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 and you know this most stories are just like what you said of course I'm, yeah i was i was feeling like a silly goose and said ah what the hell exactly and that's right. why you're here now <laughs> what's the george carlin bit he's like i'm sorry honey the phone ring and it startled me <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah that's i mean it's no it's no romantic endeavor but i think we were both pretty psyched about it when it happened and she uh yeah good for you yeah man. and when i got back i mean it took like I don't know how long this stuff takes because I'm a moron and didn't pay attention to anything. But, like, we, you know, we had sex and then I came back like 13 days later and it was all, she had already passed pregnancy tests a few days before that. Wow. So this thing locked in real quick. And, like, because that's how she told me. She, she was like, oh, can, can you check this test? Like, can you, you know, I'm going to take one. I feel weird. Yeah. And so I picked it up and it was like carved in a positive. It was so, it was like blood red. It was aggressive. Yeah. And I was like, Jesus Christ. And she's like, what? Are you mad? Are you sad? And I'm like, no, this is great. We're having a kid. She's like, good. Cause I took four tests two days ago and they were all so positive. And I'm like, wow, that's some manipulation so, tactic. Obviously in the back of your heads, you were thinking, you know, what the hell? Oh yeah. You'd be parents eventually. Of course. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of like we were, we're not trying, but we also, we're like, you know, if it happens, it happens. So you had pulled the goalie. Yes. Yeah. I mean, for years. <laughs> years. Yeah. She stopped taking birth control before she was 30 because, you know, you hear all the horror stories of what that can do to people. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, I've just had an immaculate record in terms of pulling out and uh, have had no scares, no nothing. You were, you were undefeated mm -hmm. for a long time. <laughs> And, and then, then I got, got then I got defeated in the most positive, <laughs> in, in the most hardcore possible way. But you said in your head. Now I want to know: Did you say out loud, "I'm being deployed"? Yes. Yeah, I <laughs> literally awesome. said that's that. Awesome. I know. I've been doing it on stage, and people are like, "That's hilarious." And I'm like, "That's literally what I said." Yeah. And they're like, "You're the least romantic person." That's but awesome. Were you, but were you at least pulling out before you deployed? Yeah. I mean, I've All been right. I've been pulling out for years, for right. literally years. So right. I just assumed that like. You know, you get all these health classes where they're like, pre-cum is the most potent of cums. And Especially like, if you're older. Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just dribbling out the whole time. Right, you think you're pulling out. It's like, oh, you're way too late. It's, it's just it's <laughs> sludging like a, out of you. Where did it go? Like, it's like a leaky pipe in the subway. <laughs> you think you're pulling out. What the fuck? Mystery hits your shoulder and you're like, what the fuck was right. that? Don't worry, I pulled out. Really? I got, there's a puddle on the bed. <laughs>
What were you doing in the Middle East? Comedy? Yeah, I did a uh, did a tour for the troops. We did uh, nice. three countries and eight bases. Did, Which uh, ones? Jordan, Kuwait, and Bahrain. Holy shit! Yeah, and we uh, flew everywhere. We stayed in like these five star hotels like, right. in the Middle East, which is like Sultan shit. You know, yeah. you go to nice hotels in the states, and you're like, wow, this is decadent and amazing and then you go over there and you're like i could have a slave if i wanted to no kidding <laughs> <laughs> pretty sweet uh, were you going in uh to those countries where they use their left hand to wipe oh i don't know i didn't even think about that what? i was just you don't know this stuff look it up yeah, yeah. The, mus- the muslim countries go google some shit wow they, they say if you go to some of these countries I, I maybe we could get a list going don't don't shake anyone's left hand I was just licking knuckles. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they actually use the hand. They don't. They don't have toilet paper, so th- so they all know they and they don't have utensils, so they use their right hand to eat. Uh-huh. See, Mike knows this shit. Yeah, a bunch of countries I've been to, we did that. Mike's a world traveler. No shit. Yeah, yeah. 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 I'm going to Jordan in uh, two months. Nice. You'll love yeah. it. It's great. Let's go to see Petra. Hell yeah! What's I know we didn't make it there, which is what's Petra? apparently unreal. It's like a hidden city, <laughs> yeah. right? Really? Where is it? Uh, it's in Jordan. No, I no. If it's hidden, though, is it in the woods? Is it <laughs> no, it's like, it's like past have... the desert, but it's like these um, like oh, a building. Oh, I know Petra. Yes, I think I do know Petra. It's the sickest thing you've ever it's seen. Like, it's, it's carved hidden. into yes. the rocks. Yes. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I do know about yep. that. Looks like that video that Britney Spears <laughs> filmed. <laughs> the, I'm not a girl, not yet a woman. <laughs> Mike likes uh, his girl to pee on him, by the way. <laughs> nice. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, good yeah, for yeah. you. Mm-hmm. I've never done that out of the shower. But, uh, they started in the shower. Now it's just a now whole it's just out of free for all. Yeah. Yeah. for you. It's What's like, it? Uh, I used to piss my pants and let it dry. So I guess part of me could see the appeal. Why would you piss your pants? Uh, just because I I was like seven and hanging out oh. with all the older boys on my neighborhood. But like they'd watch me just openly piss my pants, and they're like, "What the fuck?" And I'm like, "It dries." <laughs> like, <laughs> like, what are you guys crazy? And they're like. I'm like, it's like water. They're like, it's not water. There's there's plenty else in there, and I just had no idea. And that's why you're a comedian. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what did you think of the Middle East? Was that your first time? That was, yeah. I, I would love to go back, and I would have gone back this year had my uh, cum nut worked but uh <laughs> but yeah it was uh i mean you know perspective shifting shit man you go over there with with you know my ideas and what i think war is or what i think being a, a service member is and then yeah. you go and see it and it's like shatters you you know you have no idea i mean these guys are like guys and women they're paying for their fucking lunches out of their paycheck and like that's one of the things that really stuck with me where i'm like this entire defense budget and all this money being funneled to this one thing and we can't even give them a proper toilet or, like, free meals. Like, they're not going to be over there if it wasn't for us. I would assume you get free uh, room and board and meals. Yeah, I mean, you know, it could... I could have gone to certain bases, and that could have been the case, and it might not be everywhere. But from what I've heard, even after vocalizing that publicly, people are like, yeah, that's that's an untold fuckery of what goes on. That's insane. I know. And great, it's like three or four bucks, whatever it might be, but still... Yeah. They're doing, they're serving the country. Right. Serve them for free. Like, you know, of it's course. so bizarre. Take care of them as much as you can. Mm-hmm. Um, did you get off the base and get to uh, hang with the locals? We did in Jordan. We, uh, like, the first night there, we didn't perform, which was great because it was such a grueling travel and you're, like, all punch drunk and weird and shit. Yeah. So we went yeah, out. Wouldn't that be a good set, though? Yeah, I mean, it might have been, but who knows the shit that might have fly, <laughs> you know, flew out of my. My mouth, you know, it was uh, racy enough as it is. <laughs> now, do you have to watch? Would you because you're in these countries that are primarily Muslim? Do you have to watch? Do they give you a list of things that you can or can't say, or so, do you stay away from? I mean, we we performed for 
for primarily the troops. There right. were no, uh, there was no, nobody really from like you know locals that would show up to the show. But still, like beforehand, we had to check in with the commanding officer to see if there was anything off limits. And you know, some people like started to be like, "Well, don't talk about like sex so much because people can't have sex." And then like we were with a captain, and he was like, "You guys are." completing a deadly mission like this is grown-up shit like you're not going to allow these men and women to hear grown-up language but yeah. their job is to kill like yeah you know it doesn't you, make sense like, come on man yeah so everywhere we got to be like completely yourselves hopefully. ourselves yeah we just couldn't do political shit or like discuss rape because apparently that's a problem over there but uh <laughs> <laughs> we're laughing at that but, I mean, ooh. no but i gotta explain you could take rape very seriously but you could also laugh at jokes about it oh of course yeah you don't have to uh, you know you don't have to be pro-rape to come up with something that uh right makes light of it because it's such a nightmare well i mean it was one of the things i was gonna ask you about but i mean we're already there because patrice o'neill taught me that a million mm-hmm. fucking years ago he's yeah. like you you could joke about anything yeah you know as, lo- as long as i guess there's no hate in your heart right you know you could actually support a very serious topic mm-hmm. or situation but you could also find jokes about that and this new generation they just simply don't understand that mike yeah no i agree and i think a thing i think a better way for us to frame what it is is to uh talk about humor maybe as like a coping thing where you're like if i'm telling a joke about something horrifying that's my way to cope. Yes. So maybe I've even experienced it, but you don't know. But I'm making a joke about it because it lightens the load of the nightmare that I have to keep in my head and travel through life with. Right. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, how or, dare you yeah. then shame me for how I deal with, with trauma? Yeah, it's insane. <laughs> you just no. turn their own bullshit back on them. Well, well no, but that, that's very logical. I mean, because the comedy's all about trying to take the piss out of some of this, yeah. this serious shit. Right, yeah. And, um, I, you know, back in the day, it's so funny you're, you're in today because Sherrod just tweeted how he's scared about the future of comedy. Uh-huh. So, and you're one of these guys, you're, you're well on your way, and you're, you're like the next generation. And, yeah. and you're, you're seeing it right in front of your eyes, the whole fucking thing change. When I used to go to uh, Caroline's and all the comedy clubs in New York on a regular basis, you saw the people like, well, I ain't laughing at that one because, you know, right, that, right. that hits too close to home. But people accepted that and realized, okay, I'm sitting that joke out because mm-hmm. it's, it hit too close to home. But I understand the atmosphere and what comedy's all about. I'll be laughing at the, at the next one. Yeah. But now, man, as soon as you uh, hit a, a joke that's too close to home, that person is standing up, causing a scene, yeah. wants their money back, blogging and tweeting and all this horseshit. Yeah. People forget that reality isn't social media and that their role in that situation situation is to laugh or shut the fuck up nobody wants to hear your opinion nobody paid to hear it nobody is sitting there hoping that some bald dickhead is going to be like i found that offensive right if you didn't like it shut the fuck up and move on to the next bit be a goddamn grown-up it's yeah. just what it is it's language no language has ever caught co- i mean no jokes let's say not no language because i'm sure hitler rallied the troops with a bit of verbiage <laughs> but uh you know no jokes have mobilized hate to yeah. me, either like, not that I've seen. I've never yeah. seen a comedian, you know, do a set, and then they're like, and let's rape. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And you know what? You, you bring up Hitler. I didn't understand Hitler mm-hmm. until social media. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, oh, okay. Yes, you can rally the fucking troops and get them, uh, you know, yeah. following you uh, with your crazy-ass ideas. I oh, did, absolutely. I didn't understand that was possible until social media. Well, if you get people to question reality, like even what they're perceiving, if you get people to, like, form an opinion 
on something that should be an unobjectionable truth, if you can have them then like add con- add their own personal context and what they think certain things meant, then anything can be true. Like, yeah. look at this kid with the fucking Native American. I don't know what happened. I don't know. You guilty. Know, right? Ex- Who else is guilty? Oh, in this did you right. did you come up and say? I go. Say something? <laughs> my tweet was: Can we at least all agree that this is wrong? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there is nobody that wants to punch a smirking pale white more than me just because I've grown up with those twats. I hated that smirk. And of I'm course. Like, and look, I was guilty, man. And I, I, I'm one that, you know, in the past I've done some things and out of context. Some Certainly. of the shit I did looked really, really bad. So I probably should have waited, you know. Oh, I've done stuff in context that is reprehensible, <laughs> you know, right. undefendable, where right. it's like, yeah, of course, but that's also how you learn. I mean, I've been an asshole, especially in high school, some sort of mob mentality where, yeah. e- you know, even it's not, you know, necessarily picking on a race or anything like that, but some individual that it could, even if we're just laughing and like pointing and being bullies, that's pretty shitty. Right. You know, so if somebody took a snippet of that, I'm, <laughs> I could be on, I could have been on 60 minutes. <laughs> well, but, see, but, but now you got to think about that. In high school, we were all, all of us at one point or the other were either on the giving end or the receiving end of that kind of bullying. It's just that's how yeah. adolescence goes. That's how being a teenager goes. And you can't hold somebody accountable for that 15 years later sure. when they're going for a job um, because that kid hopefully learned from that experience, yes. either how to be tougher or, well, that's a shitty thing to do. Don't be a bully. 100%. Right. We, we, we got people out there on social media. Their whole jobs are just uh, searching the Internet trying to get people in trouble. Yeah. And and, because and they, there's money in that. And they have no, they have no uh, is, higher morality. Is there money in that? They, yes. Or are they just... Yeah, because it's the clicks. It's the advertising. It's uh, like none of, the, none of it really makes money. It's all phantom money. So the clicks then add impressions to the advertisers who believe that in turn results in sales, which it doesn't. Right, right. But it's all just a tornado of fuckery where instead if we actually wanted to prog- uh, you know progress as a species we'd take that as maybe a teaching moment because was i maybe a piece of shit when i was 15 yeah but then when i was 17 did i defend some kid who was getting bullied in my locker room yeah you know yes right. i did because i learned right from what kind of callous asshole i was and i gained empathy and perspective yeah you're not allowed to grow from your experiences right. in this new no, world you gotta be it's hung. like you're lynched yeah immediately you, they'll find something from 10 years ago and go well that was you 10 years ago so you have to be that same piece of shit 10 years later yeah. It's like, no, that's not how it works, actually. And we all know that, so let's stop with this nonsense game. Getting back to the Native American thing, though. Mm. So I I tweeted, can we at least all (laughs) agree this is wrong? Like, trying to get both sides together, because I I really believe – uh, political tribalism is just terrible, and oh, it's yeah. going to ruin this fucking country. So I try to find the stuff that unifies us and not separates sure. us. And I thought that was a moment right there. <laughs> and then I waited. I waited about three or four days. And I went. I'm starting. My next tweet was. I'm starting to think that maybe I I was wrong about what happened. <laughs> yeah. Holy shit. You would think people would be like, you know, I don't, I, and some were, you know, oh, that's cool of you that you're admitting you're wrong because most people in this political climate, they can't admit they were wrong and yeah. good for you. Instead, it's like they just use that to attack. Right. And I wanted to tweet out like this is why people do not admit they're wrong because yeah. you, you just want to fucking now take their their face and shove it in horse shit. Right. Well, that's a, it's something to even learn from Kevin Hart where no matter how many times you acknowledge or apologize in different ways and to different people and to different groups – Somebody 
thinks you didn't frame it directly at them, so they're going to continue to bring it up in hopes that you'll acknowledge them personally. Right. And it's like, so it's not about the actual issue. Right. You just personally feel hurt, and since you were taught or learned or whatever that you think you're the center of the fucking universe, you're not happy until somebody says, you, dickhead McGee, I apologize to you, and I'm sorry for what you went right. through as a child. <laughs> what, what, what about the people that uh, justify their own hate? So they see something hateful on social media, like, oh, my God, that right. person is the, is, uh, is, uh, the devil. He's evil as fuck. Mm-hmm. He's a hateful person. And then something inside you makes it okay to put even more hate on that person of and course, more yeah. hate out into the, into the social media world. Mm-hmm. People like, aren't necessarily – I don't think people are interested in solving anything. I no. think people are, are scratching their aggressive itch. Right. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. they, they just – they feel a certain way. They see certain people acting, uh, you know, in an aggressive way back. And instead of even adapting or learning or, right. or you know, thinking for one minute what could extinguish this yeah. as opposed to inflame it, they're just, well, if you're doing that, I'm going to do it right back at you. Right. It's fucking childish. Well, and it, it, again, and not to keep – piling on the fact that social media it's a great marketing tool but for, sure is. For, it's the detriment of society like we're we could have this conversation right now the the four of us and all you listening and we can four white men <laughs> and, and you know bitching we could have a whole political conversation where you're talking to your buddy in a bar and it ends there and twitter has become talking to your buddy in a bar where you the drunker you get, the more stupid shit that comes out of yeah. your mouth, and and it's irate and it makes no sense. And then the next morning you wake up in the bar scenario and go, "Yeah, I said some dumb shit last night." And I don't. And then you move on, but it doesn't affect anybody other than your friends who also know yeah, that you're, that's, right. you're kind of weird. That's actually a great point. Well, but and television, also, there's something to say about words evaporating uh, into air. Yeah, because when it's on Twitter, it you can revisit it. Yeah, and then more people pile on, and then you have. You have all of these other people in their little Twitter bars doing the same thing, and it's and then you've got the trolls that are just looking to pounce on somebody, and that's what television's become, right? All these uh, uh, CNN and et cetera, it's just a bunch of people shouting and Fox News, a bunch of people shouting at each other because they got to fill airtime. But remember when look, we all grew up, it was something would happen in the news. It would be reported at 6 or 11, and then on the Sunday morning network talk shows, they'd have five days to, like, come Process, up with a, yeah. a, a reason to debate, and you learn something. Now it's just, you know, bullshit shouting the whole time. Oh, it's constant hot takes. Yeah. It's the first person to formulate an idea based on news right. wins. It, it's nonsense. And do, that, do people you, make money doing that. When you watch the news channels, and I try to watch all three, yeah, I really yeah. do, but I, I, lean, I don't... I don't watch Fox as much as the other two, for, you know, for the sake of the argument here. But I'll watch all of them, and I, I look at half those people and go, why am I listening to you? What, oh, yeah. What are your credentials that you're on TV spouting this horseshit? I mean, let's take this into consideration. Yeah. They put me on Fox to be a political <laughs> commentary. So it's like that's how little any of these motherfuckers know. They, they don't know anything. I'm talking about, like, Lady Gaga's abortion in the middle of fucking Red Eye <laughs> or something like that. And right. they're like, yeah, good salient point, Mike. And I'm like, if you believe that, you should take your own life. That means you're a really good agent. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, that, that's awesome. So uh, so back to Jordan. What did you see when you were wandering around? So we, uh, I mean, we went to this amazing, we were in Amman, which is the capital, and we went, uh, the first night we went to this incredible food place. The captain that brought us around, he was a Marine Corps captain that was an infantry unit, so he was like actually in the shit his entire service. Wow. Really rose up, and he was telling us some like just wild 
horrific stories, you know, right. that, that he's gone through, but he gets kind of jazzed up about talking about. Right. And, and, you know, so we're kind of processing all this stuff while eating, while kind of, you know, just checking out the lay of the land and everything like that. We got walked around. There's, you know, most of the stuff is kind of geared towards tourists because outside of oil, they really don't have much to offer. So it's like a ton of tinker places that you could buy little souvenirs. There's t-shirts. It's like pretty Americanized. We were walking from place to place. Gary Veter, a really funny comic, got surrounded by like 13 street magicians. And we were like, well, he's getting robbed or mugged or something. Like something's yeah. going to happen. And no, they just were super excited to show a white guy a card trick. <laughs> they were like, they your finally, magic to they, us. They finally found an audience. Yeah, right? <laughs> it was like 14 Aladdins just yeah. dancing in a circle. <laughs> I, and did you notice when you you, you travel aboard um, that most people just want to raise their families and fucking yeah. get through life? Yeah, and I mean, you know, th- this could have been our where we went, and, and Jordan, Kuwait, and Bahrain, those aren't, uh, I don't believe they're active war zones. They're just kind of positioned so they can then fly to the active war zones. Right. But they're really happy to have America there because it is a destabilized place, and it is like – real wild and crazy shit can happen so if the america if america has a presence there they all feel at ease so they're yeah. they're welcoming to us very oh, wow. very That's a great welcoming. take man so, yeah you know it's interesting and people the first question everybody asks is like did you feel safe were you okay and yeah and honestly i i was you know some of the marines were driving us around in like <laughs> mesh shorts and like a car just a dodge caravan <laughs> with no guns or anything like that so i guess i'm like you know fuck i guess we're good that's awesome and then all of a sudden we'd be driving to like a remote base though to get there and yeah. just vast desert around you and the only off-putting thing is you'd like kind of glance out into the desert there'd be nothing except 400 yards in there'd just be four dudes talking oh you're like what the fuck is happening right there what What are they doing what plans are being made (laughs) they think they're safe there yeah exactly it's so bizarre <laughs> wow, that is so strange, man. What was the coolest thing you did over there? You get to shoot guns or anything? We we didn't. I did get to sign I got to sign a drone missile, uh, which was both like exciting and like horrifying when you actually put it into context because right. like I put my Twitter handle on it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah, just in case it was a delayed detonation, the person could take out their phone and <laughs> So when it turns into an oops and it takes out a school, <laughs> yeah, right? They'll see your so, Twitter some lucky kid will get a piece of shrapnel and take it home and be like, "Well, this is who's responsible." How, how big was it? It was huge. I mean, these these drones, they had like 16 to 18 hour flight right. uh, life, so they could like really kind of travel above and scope shit out and I mean it was amazing the best the best show and maybe one of the best life experiences I've ever had we did uh we did a show in Kuwait in a sold out theater you know sold out it, it was free tickets but like all the you know marines troops air force everybody people from even like there were italians there were you know right. from all over jammed this theater and it was on veterans day and it was just the most electric, appreciative group of people I've ever performed for in my life. They gave us, like, a wooden plaque with our names on it at the end. Everybody was so gracious. And, like, you know, it, it brings you to tears. Yeah, You're emotional course. because it's like you guys are doing some shit that, that is just so brave and, and courageous. And, you know, I, I don't have that in me personally. Yeah. So to be, you know, to give them some sort of levity or, like, a feeling of home is is really important and nice. That's awesome. Good for you, man. Yeah. Sounds like a – how big are the drones themselves? Did you get to see one? Yeah, they're big as shit. I mean, uh, you know, they're not like – Are they as big as this room? Or? They're bigger. It, yeah, it might be like – the one we saw might be like a room and a half of this. No kidding. Yeah, but like wider and 
light. You know, right. they they have drones of all sizes, but you, uh, you know where that drone technology is going, right? In Japan, yeah. at one of the uh, um, electronic shows, they got passenger drones now. Oh wow! And like you would, you know how you call your Uber? Yeah, yeah. You would call a fucking drone. That's what they want to get is going. Killer. See, that's some imagine real that thing shit. lands yeah. and then you get on and there's nobody on it. And that it would t- be awesome. And through GPS and all that, obviously, it takes you to your uh, your destination. Could you imagine? That would be fucking great. Wouldn't that be amazing? I'm excited for when they start delivering weed with drones. <laughs> <laughs> like hell yeah! I'll take that. But your example, I'm I'm already calling old man. I don't want to get anywhere near that shit. I don't want a GPS thing. I, It'll crash if I don't know how to fly the thing. Right. See, self-driving cars, I have no problem with because it's at least you're thing. sitting behind. Yeah, but I don't know how to fly a plane. You don't have to. You've played video games, right? <laughs> I'm gonna cry, that's old how, man. That's how much of an idiot I am. I'm like, I can pick it up in a <laughs> in a snafu. I don't trust any of that shit. H- have you done a self-driving car yet? No, but my brother-in-law, Amazing. my my brother-in-law works for. Um, for a startup, I forget the name, but he is—he's uh, a math genius. So he—he he, um, is coding and 3D mapping cities. Oh, really? And, and for oh. self-driving cars, yeah. And it's like—I mean, the way he describes it. Again, I have no—I have no ability for this. It, stuff, it's ready it's to go, but our society has to slow everything down with red tape and then. Well, not out. to mention, idiots like Uber are putting out not ready to go technology, and then somebody dies, and it sets it back four years. So they're like, "This is clearly not ready," and everybody else that's working on it. It's like, right. we were right there, and right. then these fucking dummies just right. set us back. Well, uh, which one was it? The, the the girl was reading a book or something? They had, <laughs> they had uh, driverless. It was the Google, right? I think it was a Google no, help car. help me out. Uh, uh, it, it was a driverless car. There was a major accident. It turns out, you know, they still had drivers in the car. I think it was in Pittsburgh, because that's where Uber's mm-hmm. uh, uh, located. And Hugh Jackson, I believe someone died. You might want to look this one up, Mike, because I uh, I want to make sure I get this right. And then it turns out, yeah, she was in the car and should have taken over, but didn't because she was reading a fucking book. <laughs> <laughs> Must have been a hell of a book. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's just a manual on how to drive a. <laughs> so where does car. that rank on the don't text, don't? I don't know. Look at your cell phone. I don't know. That's ridiculous. Uh, how's the pot going? And and how's That's that? Fantastic. And, and how's that gonna uh, change when you have a kid? Oh, it's not. I mean, I. It, nobody, nobody in my family wants to see me not smoking pot. Because really, I'm, a, you know, I I have some rage and aggression issues. That I've never seen that all the years no, I've known you. I know. I mean, honestly, it doesn't really come out all that much because I just like I, I kind of internalize things and work it out, and then I've gone to therapy as well to try to yeah. like you know vent and 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 process shit. Yeah. So I'm getting better at it, but I'm a little more high strung if I don't regularly smoke weed like i was okay in the middle east for the most part i knew there was a reason i liked you so, yeah. what, so, so what's the thing you're trying to work uh, through from your your growing up oh i mean it just everything like repre- I'm, I'm having a boy and like i said and i'm i'm excited to be the first canon to communicate effectively with my son <laughs> <laughs> on Dude, level yeah because yeah, or just like so talk to him my dad didn't tell me like i'm predisposed to mental illness i have high level depression and anxiety and rage issues and none of that was brought to my attention until like four or five years ago because my parents are fucking locked up irish people that don't really like Right. You know, I didn't know that my gra- my grandpa was a retired cop and got sent to a fucking mental institution because he stuck his service Beretta in his mouth in front of all eight of his kids and his wife and then was stuck on a couch for two years doped up because he had all of these mental issues. Did I know about that? 
No. So when I went through my 18-month depression, right when I went full-time comedy, I thought I was alone. I thought I was a lunatic. I thought nobody else had ever gone through this in my family. So it was like hard to rebound from that shit. But then I found out. And also my dad is wildly predisposed to depression. He's an angry guy. He does not process it well at all and has no awareness of it. So my entire goal is to, you know, be focused on what it is that I'm kind of emptying out onto the world. <laughs> wow, you gave me a lot there. Okay, yeah. so the so the grandfather with the gun. Yeah. Was that because of the job? It was everything, I think. He, you know, it was the stress of of raising eight kids in Levittown on a fucking, you know, right. on, on a cop salary. Right. It was it was having just absolute gorillas for sons and and you know yeah. and daughters and and uh, you know it, just everything i right. assume the time in, in my life it's my mom she's got the mental illness mm-hmm. but a lot of it was more um, environmental no kidding yeah yeah because she had a real shitty father and, yeah, yeah. and a very controlling mom so uh she doesn't even talk about her father at all i don't know yeah, what yeah. the fuck happened there but uh because uh, seven kids, and you know, I guess we got some issues, but nothing crazy like my mom. And, right. and it's been uh, told to us that a lot of her issue was uh, issues were brought on more through environmental um, uh, right. situations. So you know, we're not perfect. I'm not going to sit here and no, say of that. Course. But uh, we none of us have what my mom has. Thank God. And, yeah. we, and we all like thank God every chance we get for that one. So yeah, I mean, I think culturally also, like, are you Irish? Was I'm a mutt. Yeah, because you know I'm I'm almost I'm Polish, I'm thoroughly Irish. Oh, really? <laughs> so our, oh, really? You know our our whole culture is kind of built around not sharing <laughs> and and right. just like you know kind of stop being a pussy, bury right. it down, and just right. go on with your life and right. and continue to work. And that you know that served us fine in times that we had to build an infrastructure for a place to live. Yeah. But then once you're once you're set in a town and you have to coexist with other people, right? That doesn't necessarily jive. So it you know it took me. Going to deep therapy and figuring this stuff out to even have a really great relationship with my wife. Like we were, we were on the brink maybe five years ago yeah. of breaking up because I was so angry. I had no idea why, and all of it was like coming out against her because I saw my mom and her, and I saw all the, you know, it, yeah. It's like it's some wild shit that you eventually. It sounds ridiculous. Like if anybody is completely against therapy, it sounds like that's some bullshit or whatever. But. No. Once it's laid out in front of you, there's no denying the connection. Right. I uh, my uh, relationship with my mom went bad. She was the only one that hated my uh, my my wedding. Oh no, kidding. Yeah, yeah. I I threw a party at the Ritz Carlton in Philly. I mean, <laughs> it was it was it was a wedding that there's no way you would ever complain about, even if you right. hated my guts, my wife's guts. You'd be like, holy shit, this is like living in <laughs> in in a, in a movie for a night. Mm-hmm. And she was the only one that complained because I didn't put her at my table because <laughs> she, she's a fucking nightmare if you want to know the truth, sure. Mike. And on my wedding uh, night, I didn't want to deal with her, so I, I, I put course, her somewhere yeah. else because I knew my siblings didn't want to deal with her. But I put her at a table where she would be safe with older adults yeah, and all yeah. this. And she looked at it as a slight, which it sort of was because I'm, I wasn't going to deal with her like uh, yeah, yeah. OCD and, and all this other horse shit on my yeah. wedding night. So she uh, she left a message on my answer machine that basically said, you left me out there like an animal. <laughs> she was in the you room. You didn't put me at your table. Oh, that's hilarious. Like, like you it put was her all in the coat check. It was all about her. Right. Of course. So I uh, – I, I hung up on her. No, she left a message because at that point I wasn't uh, accepting calls from her anymore. And uh, so that 
led to me not talking to her for well over a year. Yeah. This is coming back to you. I, I'm not. I'm not. No, no. I, I'm I'd not like, taking the ball. Trust me. No, but, I like it. But this is a conversation now. Um, so about a year in, her therapist calls and says, mm. "You know, your mom really wants to try to figure this out. Would you come in and do a a session with uh, me, your mom, and you?" I said, "Fuck no," <laughs> but. Because something in there like went off, mm-hmm. and because I was starting new uh, a, a new life with my wife, who I love dearly. Now we got two kids. I yeah. knew like this is a whole new fucking world. It's not just me being a radio guy, just you know flying by the seat of my pants. I right, had to take right. it more seriously. So that was the spark where I go, no, but I'll come in, and I've been with her ever since. We've been talking for uh, oh nice about ten fucking years. Oh, I, that's great. I, I tap out here and there because when you start saying shit like. And when I was 12, I didn't get that bike I wanted. <laughs> I, I, and I'm, I, I'm smart enough to go, you know what? I think we should take a little bit of a break. So right. We'll, yeah, if so, you run out of shit to say, there's Yeah, then no we'll reason. take a break for a month or so. And then oh, I they pop. love giving you the, would you take a break from the gym? <laughs> it's like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, if I, if I reached my goal, do you know who I am? Right. If I had abs, I'd be like, I'm <laughs> right. finished. Yeah, I'm done. I did what I wanted but, to. But uh, no, but she's cool. She like she's, she accepts that. You know? Nice, yeah, and, yeah. And she kind of agrees with it sometimes you go yeah maybe we should get another one or two in before you tap out because right. i got some things i want to wrap up with you but sure. uh but where was i going i with- had to break up with my therapist though uh and i'm actually in the market for for a new oh, really? one just because i i you know i i would like to have that support as i'm having a kid because you know i'm not i'm not smart enough or or even brave enough to think that I fucking got it figured out and I think I know exactly how to yeah. approach this. This yeah. is going to be brand new and I have no fucking clue what's going to go on, but I had to I had to quit it with my therapist because I would tell him what, you know, what benefits weed and mushrooms have had on my life. Nice. I'm very open with that coke is the devil, Adderall is the devil, Molly's the fucking devil. I've I've had all of these, right? Like I've done I've yeah. done all a ton. But weed and marijuana for or weed and mushrooms for whatever reason have thoroughly benefited me from the inside out. Right. And I tried to have that conversation with him, but he's an NA guy, so he couldn't see any of the benefits, or at least would say, My my beliefs won't allow me to acknowledge what you're saying is truth. Now you gave me something else to bring up. Mm. When when you used to do the radio show, we talked about this that uh they had uh, studies done that marijuana is it marijuana or or LSD or both that helps uh, depression uh, and anxiety. I'm, so so it's Help a little out again because it's a little been tricky. A couple years now they're doing mushrooms now for PTSD and depression. Yeah, and it looks as though it might be nationally legal relatively soon. So this is like these have been trials they're constantly doing. Even Molly, even its pure form, they're doing you know trial runs with that as well. But unfortunately assholes on the street are lacing shit with fucking fentanyl mm-hmm. right. so you can't even you know they're trying to kill you so there's no reason to even go out and look for it now stick to mushrooms stick to weed weed for me i can't say on a grand scale because i also know people that went off the fucking deep end just from weed just so from weed. just from weed and it's not marijuana necessarily it's that it triggered a deep you know buried mental illness that wasn't at the forefront of their brain but weed has that ability to kind of burrow in and find that nugget of insecurity or stuff that you're thinking about that you push down and it kind of puts it to the forefront of your head. So these people that, you know, have a recessive mental illness, that shit surfaced and then it could make you... You can't come back. Well, wow. so it's all chemicals, right? It's Mm -hmm. it's all physiology and chemicals. I um, I had a friend who was on Accutane in the late 90s, had a skin thing, was on Accutane and and that triggered... A whole thing that probably would have gone gone undiagnosed uh, would have not 
systematic, mm. a whole uh, mental illness, you know, treatable. Yeah. Um, and weed exacerbated it, yeah. made it 10 times no worse, made I, I her so much more panicky. Um, and and the doctors were like, well, it's just the, this, we tried different strains, all that stuff. None yeah. of that worked because of the way it, um, you know. So there is not one no, thing that all. does yeah. everything. You've got to, and if something doesn't work, you try something else, try yeah. something else. And, and, and I think that's. Well, that's what they do with my mom and her mental yeah. illness. And fast forward like 20 years, like this was a woman that, you know, if my dad had a beer at dinner, oh, you're an alcoholic, oh, my God. Uh-huh. That's how my I dad, grew up. My dad would want just like two fucking beers. It's yeah. like, relax, Dottie, I'm not an alcoholic. And he would get all frustrated and uh-huh. shit. And she wouldn't drink. My Every once in a while, she might have like a real easy cocktail, nothing Do you crazy. have booze guilt? Do you feel that at oh, all? Uh, no, what's that? So I, Because I grew up the same where my dad was a recovering alcoholic, and I was taught that anybody holding a beer was an active alcoholic like there was no <laughs> there was no healthy way to drink there was everybody okay. that was drinking was evil right so now uh, i'm actually not drinking the entire pregnancy i'm going like in uh what solidarity. is that called solidarity with my wife nice. so i've been like a month and a half we, we went to fucking new orleans i was not not drinking in new orleans so <laughs> I, I just stopped right after that <laughs> okay but every time i drink i the next day is filled with such anxiety and guilt because and, – and I located it due to therapy because it was my entire upbringing of being taught that anybody that drank was a piece of shit. I, so I can't do it healthy. I, uh, I, I just feel depressed the next day. I'm not a, yeah. I, I'm not a big drinker. I don't like it. I, I love it. I, oh, really? <laughs> yeah, that's the unfortunate really? thing. It's like, yeah. I, you know, there might come a time where, you know, you're asking if I, if I might give up pot when the baby comes. Yeah. I'll never give up pot, but I might give up alcohol. Well, yeah, you're a little younger than me, too. So, I mean, when you get older, too, those hangovers just are not fucking oh, it's, fun. No, it's already but, there. But just, yeah. to, just to mop up with my mom. So, you know, she has mental illness. We start uh, sending her to doctors and stuff. Fast forward. I mean, at times she would drink a whole fucking gallon of uh, wine and had oh, every shit. pill imaginable in her medicine cabinet. Uh-huh. The doctors did that to her. She didn't do that shit. Right, right. Because she was in her mind like she didn't want to go down that road at all. But slowly but surely, she got uh, addicted to all sorts of stuff. But yeah. fast forward a whole bunch of years, you know, she's in a home and and uh, all that is way under control now. Thank yeah. God. But and uh, honestly, you know, some of the stuff with. With weed, and because it's a psychotropic, so it kind of it, it manipula- manipula- manipulates your thoughts. Yeah. If you do like a high level CBD that doesn't that doesn't get you high, but then kind of monitors your anxiety and all that stuff, that for me has been also just as great yeah. as getting high. Well, I've been doing the CBD, and and you you sit there and go. Uh... Uh, I think I'm feeling something. Right. Well, the <laughs> CBD in New York sucks. Oh, is that what it is? Because, that's, because we have it's the illegal. lotions and we got the, we have all that shit. And I'm like, uh, yeah. I think I feel more more relaxed. See, the, the real so when you go to like places like L.A., Denver, or wherever it's legal, yeah. you can get the THC derived uh, CBD. So okay. it's non psychotropic, but the but the weed plant it's more potent. So okay. you'll actually feel the pain relief happen instantly right. you'll feel the lack of anxiety way quicker it only really works if you also regularly take it for anxiety okay so if you just take it once it might slow it down a bit but that's also kind of probably a placebo right if you take it regularly then that kind of 
it'll just taper it off. It'll it'll make okay. you feel a little more at ease. But the the hemp derived shit in New York, it might as well be snake oil because everybody's selling. You know, they're like CBD coffee. It's good for <laughs> you. It's like it, it pumps the price up eleven bucks. Go right. suck a dick. Like right. it's like exactly. get the fuck out of here. This can't work. Yeah, at that point, I'd rather smoke a little or or do an edible, which uh, leads to my next thing. So oh, yeah. I brought I, you one, by the I, way, I think. What'd you get? I brought you an edible. Oh, how much time you got, man. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, this can be this can be either for oh. for now or for whenever. No, I'll do it later. Or or I'll I'll just have to have you back. Yeah. And we'll do it together. <laughs> so um what happened, uh, and we talked about this in the past, but I went drug free for a really long time. Cocaine, I do believe, is evil as fuck. Yes. And I, I stopped that shit. No way, go. bro. Yeah, it's, a, it's like an airhead. 30 milligrams. It, uh, Should I take half it'll, this? It'll, yeah, I would probably just yeah. to test it out. Oh, right I on. Mean, I mean, I take Yamanika. Do you know Yamanika? Yeah, of course. It's so funny. Her and I take 100 milligrams no! before every time we uh, judge roast battle. <laughs> <laughs> so it's uh, it's just us like trashing people and then going off on flights of fancy about the merging of technology <laughs> and humans. And people are like, what the fuck is happening are right you now? Are that too? The AI? Oh, yeah. I, right. I think that should happen. Uh, yeah, well, all right, wait, let me get past this part, and then we're going to move into AI. <laughs> so I, I do believe cocaine is evil as fuck. Yeah. I stopped that shit somewhere in the late 80s. Like I said, I'm older than you. Yeah, Maybe. but you actually had real cocaine. No, I was in Geneseo. Oh, yeah. Oh, I've had that stepped on Geneseo Thank you. coke. Yeah. So, so like, I don't think I ever officially really did cocaine. Mike Cannon, uh, for the people that don't know, went to my uh, uh, my college. Yeah, Geneseo. I call it my college. Uh, we both, <laughs> it is. You built that place. We're, we're both Geneseo grads. You know the cocaine up there was stepped on a million times. Man. Yeah, I mean, I, I got an – my friends went to, came to visit once, and I bought an eight ball for, like, the weekend, right? But it was yeah. so dog shit that we finished it in, like, three hours. <laughs> yeah. And then we called the – guy back up and so he came to my place at like 3 30 a.m and my friend john answered the door in a t-shirt and bottomless like he was fucking <laughs> winnie the pooh and the guy just dropped off a bag and go i'm never answering your call again so oh i God, never man. did yeah i never got coke in geneseo again i was like you did me a favor buddy. yeah no I, but i tapped out of that and then i tapped out of uh, a pot for many years yeah a long fucking time um that was Man, that had to be 15 years as well. No shit. And yeah. then I went on, you know, Rogan, and he pressured me, and I've mm. told the story a million times, but just to, you know, bring everyone up to speed, he's like, come on, man, baby hit, baby hit. So right. I'm like, fuck it. I'm in L.A. doing Rogan's podcast. So I did a baby hit. That was it. But it was just enough that, I, you know, I went yeah, back in. Got your bra- yeah. And, well, I'm, that- and I'm happy about it. And and my uh, brother-in-law gave me a, a pen for Christmas. Maybe I shouldn't mention this on the podcast. <laughs> but And then my wife, because – you know, like I said, I've worked on myself and went through therapy, and I'm mm. not a yeller anymore and all that. We could talk about that another day. Uh, but every once in a while, if I am acting up and getting a little tense, she sure. she hints that maybe I should go in. <laughs> take a little puff. <laughs> take a little puff. Yeah, you'll, you'll find my side of the argument much quicker. <laughs> she's, she's, but I know what she's doing. She's Can't trying to be cool you. about it, but it's like, uh-huh. why don't you, uh, you know. But. That's a fight that my wife is similar in the sense where she's like, do you need – do you need some assistance to understand what I'm saying? Because, yeah, maybe smoke pot and it'll either make you la- too lazy to fight me right. or it will open up your perspective to understand assistance. where I'm coming from. Just yeah. that word you know, might 
get you mad. <laughs> oh, of course. Did you need yeah, assistance? But at this point, I've like I've gotten pretty great at locating my triggers and stuff like that. Like I, I even have a bit about it, but like one of my wife's go to to like you know, you have those you have the one thing that you could say to like yeah. ruin your wife's day or whatever, you know the thing to say. Yeah. It. And she knew the thing to say to me and she'd be like, Wow, you're acting like your dad a lot oh! right now. Oh! And so yeah, so I'd look at her and I'd be like I'm about to light this apartment on fire, yeah, <laughs> like yeah. right. But you know, it, it got to the point where she overused it so much that I like didn't yeah. even feel it. But so you know, now since we both have gone through therapy, neither of us use those kind of like right. those haymakers to try to you know I get the, to the you reaction. On, I can relate to you on so many levels because in my family and my wife has never broken out that uh, mm-hmm. that that, uh, that atom bomb. <laughs> but in my family, you know, I'm one of seven, and if one of my brothers or sisters are acting up, the worst thing you could say. is is you're acting just yeah. like mom. Uh-huh. Yeah. That would be World War III. And, and, <laughs> and you don't come back from that. In my of course. You, yeah. don't, you do not come back from that. So That's how I'm so classic Irish, though, is you could say the worst thing possible to me, and I'll just like, you know, it'll hurt me, and I'll react. Right. And then the next day, it'll just completely roll off my right. back. We'll, we'll be in the same place we were. I think I think you're going to be a good father, Mike. Yeah. I, I, do, really, I really I do. I, I wouldn't uh, worry too much about it, you know? I think I'm all right. I think, you know, it's – I'm really excited and I'm – I was surprised at how excited I was and kind of ready for the challenge. But yeah. it's also horrifying at the at the exact same time. Like I'm trying to frame it as positively as possible, but there's no denying it's going to be a total shift in life. Right. It's going to be a lot to fucking juggle. We, right. we have a great support system in my wife's family and my family and stuff like that. So we're really – we're – we're lucky in that sense, but it's yeah. still, it's, you know, it's, it's going to be gnarly. I have this goal. This was, this is truly is my goal. I don't want to fuck up my kids the way I was fucked up. Yeah. I, yeah. I will fuck them up in new ways. Uh, yeah. Have that goal. And See, I'm, and I'm not, <laughs> that's not even a joke by the way. Right. Right. Have that goal. Well, I no, want to fuck no, them up a little, <laughs> like just no, to... but, but don't do the shit that your parents did to you. Oh, you know of course. I mean? yeah. In the back of my head, I always know that like in my house, we communicated by yelling and screaming mm. and I, I just don't raise my voice to my kids and, yes. and there's other triggers. It's too long to get into now where I'm like, ah, no, 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 no. So I'd rather fuck them up in new ways because even if you're, think you're a perfect parent you're gonna you're gonna yeah. you're unfortunately gonna fuck them up and just th- don't fuck them up the way you were fucked yeah up. i think it was good that my wife and i kind of tackled that before the kid came along because we were big yellers we both come from chaotic you know hectic family lives so our first response is to elevate and get a little crazy right for since you know therapy and whatever we've done it you know we've kind of we don't really dive into that. So, you know, hopefully that translates yeah. into the kid. I mean, my parents, not only outside of the yelling, but, like, I, they made me, like, sing for company and shit like that. <laughs> when I, you know, when I was a kid, like, like musicals and shit like that. And not only that, it was, like, romantic duets with my older sister. <laughs> well, that's, that's a whole new thing to unpack Yeah, yeah, right that's, there. A, that's an entire bag. What was your favorite, Oklahoma? No, Phantom of the Opera. Oh, you had to do oh, Phantom yeah. of the Opera? I was a big fan of the opera. Really? Really? Yeah, just creating thick sexual tension between <laughs> no my sister kidding. and I. <laughs> no kidding. That's so wild. Oh, you had an upbringing, man. Oh, yeah. You're so, one of how many? Three. Three. I'm the middle, but the only boy, but you – I don't know. My my sisters would probably say you you could see that I was the only boy and how I was treated, but right. it, it felt very normal are, middle child. Are you an Irish twin? 
No, no. So my older sister is four years older than me. Then my younger sister is five years younger. She was, uh, I believe, an oops. Okay, a yeah. little oopsie. A little a uh, fun oops. Uh, a deployment. Yeah, yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, and a, a nice send-off. By the way, Irish twin, mm-hmm. in this new PC culture, you're not supposed to say Irish is twin. Is that right? You're not supposed to say Irish twin anymore because that, mean, that means the Irish people like to fuck, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Why well, would that they be just a- don't wear condoms. Right. That's they're it. Because irresponsible? They're, because they're religious. Right. That's it. So it's actually no negative connotation if you're like, oh, it's an Irish twin, and then they're like, what do you mean by that? Well, I mean that you don't wear condoms because that goes against the Bible, yeah. and you had sex with your wife, so yeah. you procreated. There's yeah. nothing negative I, attached to I, it. I, I can't keep up with it. I, I heard, I heard uh, the other day, you, you're not supposed to say Eskimo anymore. What? Oh. You say snow Chinaman? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> when, did, when did buttons move they're, to they're, triggers? Their eyes are like that because of the, the glare of the sun <laughs> off the snow. <laughs> Come on, I love Eskimo. Uh, yeah, who doesn't? But supposedly that's bad. I mean, gypsy's bad, supposedly. That's the thing is like you could really get wrapped up into this stuff and it could affect you, or you could just decide not to participate yeah. which is what i've done yeah. you know and are there a few people that probably after my show are like i'll never see that guy again right yeah i'm i'm hoping right i'm i'm hoping because if i wasn't then i'd be some middle of the road asshole that's trying yeah. to please everybody but instead i'm being who i am i'm not up there being like and blacks shouldn't have rights i'm up there <laughs> just saying fucking jokes having about, fun you know having fun and yeah. if it, it, the people that latch onto it hey come on come along with me and hopefully you'll you'll yeah. be a fan if you don't like it Find somebody that and, you will. And you're doing it in a comedy club. Uh, right. I don't understand why people don't understand the basics of stand-up. Like, the yeah. shit you say on a stage, you're not going to say at, at the Starbucks. Yeah, I mean, with me now, it's like I, there's very little difference. Okay. <laughs> right. I mean, you know, this is this but, is pretty much who I've been since I was a kid. It's just taken me 33 years to gain the confidence to be who I am. Right. You know what I mean? So the way I talk on this podcast is how I talk in fucking yeah, life. Yeah. You know, there's there's people already uh, that, like, are weird about me being a comedian and having a kid. Like, you know, people that I've known since I was 10 years old with my wife at the Christmas party, like, you know, one of her periphery aunts came up to me and was like, oh, you know, heard the big news. <laughs> like, gave, like, a sarcastic laugh. And I was like, yeah, it's exciting. She's like, how are you going to provide for this kid? <laughs> and I was like, with jokes, isn't that great? And she, like, looked at me, like, uncomfortable, and I was like, oh, no, don't you retreat now. Right. Don't you act uncomfortable after saying something intentionally cunty to me. And, like, and everybody just kind of perked up because I did say that. I was like, no, you wanted to, like, say something to make me feel weird about my job and the way I earn a living, right? Because what do you want to audit me? What do you want to know financially where I'm at and what I make? And she's like, I didn't mean anything. I'm like, no, you did. Fuck you. I was like, what do you want want me to be? Some half a homo mobster like your fucking oldest son who walks around in, like, phony fucking suits and some pinstripe dog. Shit, Macy's fucking button up. Nice. Suck my dick. And your other kid is what? Making the same living he's made since he got out of college because he's some fucking asshole that does taxes for $30 every April? <laughs> Suck my dick. I'm not going to rot on the vine because you're comfortable with somebody that receives a paycheck from paychecks. Wow. I'm going to get my money how I get my fucking money. Yeah. You know? I, I I hate that. It makes me so furious. How did I not know this before today that we are so similar? I, I got I got a shitty aunt too. Yeah, <laughs> a shitty fucking aunt. Yeah. And and what it was was like a huge family, huge family all over Long Island. Uh, you know, uh, a lot of parties, a lot yeah. of get together. 
and she wanted to be like the most popular in the family. You know, uh-huh. every family has that one that wants to be kind of the center of attention of and, and the popular one. Uh, because of the, my radio career and how it took off, I always downplayed it. And of course. Any, and anyone that knows me knows that. Yeah. Like, so when I would go into family functions, you know, there was a little attention toward me because of the success I had sure. and, and the press and all that. And she, it drove her insane. Yep. So every chance she got to take a shot, she would, man. Yeah. No, I had the same upbringing. I, we we I, got banned from Thanksgiving. Really? My family. Because they, because we were doing my sister, my older sister is a actress, voiceover artist. Right. She makes a huge killing living. My younger sister is a brilliant musician. Both my sisters are musicians, but my younger sister is like this crazy musician that also uh, vo's audiobooks. Right, right. She did Paige Van Sant's book from mm. the UFC. Like Jesus. she, she just started booking, booking. So at Thanksgiving. It got to the point where people were asking us questions. We'd be telling stories. Everybody was having a great time. And some fucking, you know, some hobbly ant that you know, <laughs> has no discernible talent was just like, enough with the cannons. And it's like, yeah. all right, then you fill the time then, you fucking dyke. Yeah. Like, what the hell is going on <laughs> yeah. here? And you're just not... because you're mad in your marriage because yeah. your fucking husband doesn't have a pussy, <laughs> don't be pissed at us because we're actually filling the empty air with some sort of and, entertainment. And the importance there is you're not pushing that. Other people sort of push that. Yeah. And are bragging for you because they're proud of you and stuff. I remember going to my I, – I got to keep names out of this. But let's just say a back uh, backyard. Aunt Mickey, fuck you. <laughs> That's oh, I want to say it so she bad. She lives in Geneseo, believe it or oh, not. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. She oh. stinks on oh. ice. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe by the end of the podcast. But So I walk into the backyard, big picnic, big family. Uh, get together and back then I was growing my hair long still right uh-huh. and uh, I walk in first words out of her mouth she goes in front of everybody my dad's there and I didn't come around the family a lot mm. at, at, at this time for whatever reason um, and he was so happy I was there right so he, and I get a plate of food and <laughs> she sees me and she goes God you think with all the money you make you get a haircut <laughs> <laughs> I looked at her in the eye. I go, how much? How do you know how much fucking money I make? Because I right. never said it to anybody, right? Yep. Unless they read the papers, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so then I took the plate of food right in front of her face, slam dunked it in the garbage that happened to be right there. <laughs> looked at my dad. He was heartbroken. I go, sorry, dad. Yeah, yeah. And I left. Yeah. I fucking left. And then at every wedding, without fail... You know, there was a DJ. Mm-hmm. You know, I guarantee you can relate to this on another level. She goes, hey, Greg, why don't you get up there and show them how it's done? Right, right. And at this point, I'm not a music jock. You know, I was, yeah. a, I was a big deal fucking talk show host. Jesus. But it was her way of belittling me. Of like, course. You're yeah, no yeah. better and no offense to the guys that do that type of shit because they make a good living and mm-hmm. stuff. And I'm not mocking them. It's but just she, not you. She was using to knock me down a notch. Like, you're no right. better than, you know. A wedding DJ. A, a wedding DJ. Yeah, right. I mean, it's, it's frustrating. I still have, like. I, I have, you know, an uncle that does stand up and he, you know, and he's doing fine. It's it's whatever. Like, that's that's how fucked up my family is, though. Yeah. Is as soon as I started doing decent in stand up, my father went back to acting and two of my uncles did stand up. Wow. It's like Irish support. It's the opposite of like rooting for me. It's like if this homo can do it, I can do it. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that's what they're doing. But they're all like so interested in what my finances are. Yeah. Anytime you do anything that's not traditional, it's like, 
no, you you don't get to know this. Right. It's like I put my heart out there. I'm the one that's doing this. I put everything on the line, and now I'm finally making like not even comfortable money, but enough money for me to live. Yeah. And all of a sudden, you're trying to check me. Like get the fuck out of here. That's amazing. It, you know, when you get some success, I don't mm. I don't have the success these days, and it's okay. <laughs> but you, it's weird where the jealousy comes from sometimes. Yeah. And it surprises you, right? Yeah. It's 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 super bizarre because it's also, it's. It's cunty in the way it's framed. So it's always framed in kind of like a half a compliment with an undertone of like, you know what they mean. Yeah. But then if you call them out, they're like, but I just said this. Right. And it's like, so on surface, it's it's unquestionable, right? Like you can't, just by the words, you can't say anything. But the feeling you get and the tone and the face that they make yeah. is communication as well. But you can't then show them the recording of what they just did. Right. And all of a sudden, you're an asshole for calling it out. Oh, my God. You got to set up cameras. I know, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> really, just, really I'm just going to wear a GoPro on my chest at all times. <laughs> so uh, I wanted to ask you about the, LS, the LSD thing because mm-hmm. I don't know shit about it. But supposedly it's becoming a trend now with the very, very – Microdose. The microdose. What is the microdose thing all about? So I've only I've only done acid – I've done mushrooms a shitload. I've done DMT uh, three times. I've done Molly and MD, you know, ecstasy and MDMA countless times i've i i microdosed so i didn't drink for like two months and then i had a wedding to go to with like you know good friends but periphery friends friends that you don't necessarily see all the time but every time you get together it's like mayhem right Right. and this is before my wife and i were expecting we're just we're about to rage so i did a shitload of blow this is like you know four (laughs) months ago or whatever it was a shitload of blow for the first time in like five years and then i microdosed on acid (laughs) at this wedding because i was like yeah if i'm uh you know if i'm on one drug i might as well be on several (laughs) and uh it was euphoria holy shit i have never felt more positive and less stressed out especially while on a hardcore upper in my entire life i mean i was cutting such a rug that one it was like at a traditional jewish wedding too which i yeah. wouldn't recommend taking well, a hallucinogen at well you're confusing me though because you said you don't you, you think the the coke is evil yeah yeah but, but every just, once in a while you know it was just one of those things. it was just one of those things but have you take like, the micro doses without anything else no and what does it, it do to you because supposedly it just just gives you just a just a little bit yeah so acid i've microdosed mushrooms before and that that for me um gave me like kind of just a little bit of a mood bump, I guess, which it's supposed to. It elevates right. you a little bit and makes you kind of a little happy. With acid, what I've heard is it's like it's like happy Adderall, where you don't feel the come to, or the crash or anything like that. You're not like wild and just you know just unblinking. <laughs> You're just kind of like, wow, I'm super focused and capable, and also I'm in an elevated place yeah. mood wise. I haven't done shrooms since a jazz festival a million years ago. Oh yeah. Maybe I, I maybe I'll look you up and we'll do some shrooms together, Dude, man. The last time I so I you think might I'm, have to hold my hand though. Man. I'll do it. That I'll might sherpa. Sca- that might that might scare me a little <laughs> I'll bit. Sherpa, I did. Uh, I'm doing mushrooms on Super Bowl Sunday. It's beautiful. Uh, it's one of it's a a thing my friend and I do. We take mushrooms early in the day, go to the Museum of Natural History, then go back to his apartment <laughs> and watch the game. What a weird it's, fucking tradition! But it is truly the Super Bowl. <laughs> it, is, it is so great. But the last time. Last time I did mushrooms was at the chili, uh, wait, not Chili Peppers, Foo Fighters concert at MSG, and uh, my brother-in-law, who was not on drugs, and uh, I think had like two beers, but had been, you know, 3D Map City, so he's working like 17-hour days. He's also going to Cornell at the same time, and he's like, wow. you know, just overworked, so he fucking fainted 
while I'm on hallucinogens. Oh my Slap God. the ground, hit, and just knocked out for like 30 seconds, and I'm tripping balls, and I'm like, the blue, it's blue light, so he looks dead. I'm oh, hallucinating. Oh I'm like God. grabbing his, the back of his head, just screaming his name, like trying to wake him up, and all of a sudden he like, <laughs> like almost like oh. adrenaline shot to the yeah, heart, yeah, yeah, wakes yeah. up. Grabs my sister. This is kind of a story, but we, uh, you know, we finally get the EMT in. They lift him up. He gets, you know, they're they're taking him back. My wife and I are going with him. I'm the only one on mushrooms, so I am full bore hallucinating. It's like 90 minutes into the show. They do three hours. We're following them down the bowels of MSG. We're told to wait in the waiting room. I'm looking at like these paintings, and they're running all <laughs> over the place. I'm worried on whether or not he's dead. My wife is like, I'm starving. I'm like, get away from me! <laughs> like, like. It Picking a fight with me, I ran into two comics that I haven't seen in eight years. Yeah, one of them was like, "Dude, what's up? How you doing?" I'm like, "I'm going through something right now." <laughs> I was like, "I cannot, I cannot have a conversation with you." And he's like, "All right," and ran away. And then my friend's ex 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 girlfriend, who was so visibly on cocaine, it was like she was a true serpent. Yeah, like you know, you feel extra and you can sense evil when you're on hallucinogens. So she's like, "What's up, dude?" Like in my face and like, "How's everything? Where's Tim? What's been going on?" And I'm like, just like trying to shield her. And you know, my wife walked out of the bathroom and kind of Heismaned her out of the way. <laughs> so I'm reeling all this shit. We uh, we finally talk to one of the security guards who ends up taking us into the actual infirmary. We get back there, and my you know my uh, my brother in law is like kind of vacant eyed. He's he's woo. He's, you know, feeling whatever. And I, as soon as we walk in there, I hear beep, beep, like the whole machines, everything like that. I see him. And then two guys in a row, the doctor goes, I'm not, I'm not allowed to make you go, but it, it is in my medical <laughs> opinion that you two are both experiencing a heart attack currently and need to go to the hospital right now. What? And the guy, both guys were like, I'm just going to ride it out. Just going to ride it out. And I'm like experiencing all of this while on mushrooms in the hospital of Madison Square Garden and then this dude turns around in an EMT outfit it's fucking JR from the comic strip one of the <laughs> managers who like I guess just picked up an extra shift to make some bucks and he's like what are you doing here I'm like what is happening right now and he's just like your brother-in-law doesn't look good dude doesn't look like it's gonna make it and he's like doing bits at me and I'm like what the fuck like are you a doctor and he's like no Oh, and yeah. then the real doctor comes up. He's like, you guys are totally fine. He's able to be released. Like, I don't know what the fuck this guy's talking about. <laughs> awesome. And so we got ushered out the back of Madison Square Garden, take a cab back to Queens, and I just had to, like, silently come down by myself. <laughs> and then you leave it MSG here faintly in the distance. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, that's my favorite song since Varsity Blues. <laughs> that's a hell of a story. Yeah, but that also, like, you know, to me, most people would be like, that was a bad trip. Like, that was really terrible. It was a fantastic no, trip. That's for something me. you'll talk about for the rest of your life. Talk about for the rest of my life. And yeah. I also recognize that I am really capable of everything when I'm hallucinating. Right. I am very good at doing drugs. Cut to like three months from now, I'm dead. But, like, you know, <laughs> I'm good at managing and handling myself while on even, you know, something that disassociates I, reality. I'm sure Belushi said the same thing. I'm <laughs> certain. I know Harris Whittles did. So. <laughs> we old hallucinogenic experimenters call that keeping your head, Mike. Mike has some great stories, and I'll take this moment to personally thank him for his service. To our service members, you can do the same thing on Twitter at I am Mike Cannon. And by the way, I married my wife in April of 2008. Nine months and one day later, I helped deliver our son. 
My balls are like a perpetual CO2 cartridge. Greg, let's keep our kids' college funds growing. Oh, Robin Hood. What's up, Robin Hood? I love these guys, man. Robin Hood is an investing app that lets you buy and sell stocks, ETFs, options, and cryptos, all commission-free. That's important, all commission-free. They strive to make financial services work for everyone, not just the wealthy. Uh, non-intimidating way for stock market newcomers to invest for the first time with true confidence. Simple and intuitive, clear design with data presented in an easy-to-digest way. I love the Robinhood, man. I, I've been fooling around with it, Mikey. Have you tried the Robinhood app yet? Not yet, not yet. What is wrong with you? You got to try it for real. You know, you, you fool around with uh, some investing there, Mikey. You don't have to go too crazy with it. I'll say this much about the Robinhood app. It's very, very easy to use, Mike. You really got to give it a try. And let's not forget, other brokerages charge up to $10 for every trade, but Robinhood doesn't charge commission fees. Trade stocks and keep all of your profits. Oh, yeah. Easy to understand charts and market data. Place a trade in just four taps on your smartphone. You can do that while you're commuting home on the train or something, man. Right? I'm going to do it today. All right. Please do, Mike. Robinhood web platform also lets you view stock collections, 100 most popular sectors like entertainment and social media, and curated categories like female CEOs and analyst ratings of buy, hold, sell for every stock. This is what's cool, too, about Robinhood. Learn how to invest as you build your portfolio. Discover new stocks and track favorite companies with personalized news feeds custom notifications for price movements so you never miss the right moment to invest. Here's your call to action! This is for you, Mike, because you're not involved yet. What's wrong with you? Robinhood is giving listeners a free stock like Apple, Ford, or Sprint to help build your portfolio. Sign up at opiradio.robinhood.com That's opiradio.robinhood.com That's opiradio.robinhood.com Oh yeah, we have a new sponsor to the OP Radio Podcast. Want to welcome Indulgences.store. That's right, Valentine's Day is fast approaching. What are you going to do? Flowers? No, no, no! Don't do the flowers! Or you could do the flowers as a side thing, but why don't you try something new? Chocolate, really? Again? This year, do something original and indulgent for Valentine's Day. Something that rings the bell. Indulgences.store. Together with Halo Healthy Tribes, Indulgences.store has hot beverage mixes. All you have to do is add water for some of the most sumptuous mugs of hot cocoa and other flavors. They made me say sumptuous. I can tell you this much, it's delicious. And here's the problem. They said, at this point, Talk about your favorite flavors. The problem is they sent me a whole bunch of these things, and I'm down to uh, only two left. And I can't wait to try these. White chocolate cream cheese. It's called the Pink Velvet. Also, uh, chocolate mint cocoa called Mint Condition. You can check out more of their flavors on their website, indulgences.store. They taste spectacular, but they're also filled with spectacular stuff. 100% natural, no added sugar, superfoods. You know about the superfoods, right? Like the goji berries, the maca, the chia seeds, all that stuff. You got some of those natural oils that help you. These spectacular tasting beverages are loaded with MCT oil, in addition to being 100% natural with no added sugar. Organicauthority.com called MCT oil the newest 
healthy fat nutrition craze. They're advantageous relative to other fats because they bypass the small intestine and are metabolized directly into the body by the liver, creating instant energy and can be turned into ketones for fueling the brain and heart instead of glucose. That sounds kind of cool. If you have heard about bulletproof coffee, well, MCT oil is the driving ingredient. There you go. These indulgent beverages are available in Valentine's Day gift packages starting as low as $39. But step up and be a man. Indulge her with all six flavors or save even more and enroll her in the subscription program to get 12 additional flavors over the course of the next year. Act now and get ahead of the Valentine's Crunch. There's a special deal just for my listeners. Enter Opie, O-P-I-E, at checkout and save 10%. In addition, if you order before February 3rd, you'll also save $5 off shipping and handling. So, act quickly to save money. Get Valentine's Day covered with the gifts you'll appreciate and that lasts and is enjoyed for months. Go to the website. Check it out for yourself. That's indulgences.store, promo code Opie, for 10% savings. And save yourself the grief. Remember, it is indulgences.store. Don't screw that up and type that .com. Not here, because it won't get you to the right place. That's indulgences, with an S, at the end, .store. With the promo code Opie, O-P-I-E. Opie Radio. We met at uh, Carl's birthday party. Not met, but that was the last time I saw you. It's been a little bit now, but I told you uh, very quickly about the, the shaman. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I did. I, Dude, I, and when I went through that, the one person I thought of was you. <laughs> I was like... So you sipped the tea. You did the whole thing. I, uh, well, when I got fired from um, Sirius XM, and I'll, what? Cer- and I'll certainly <laughs> I'll, cer- I'll certainly leave you out of all that, no problem. But uh, I, I'll say this, you know, I was, I was lost, man. Sure. I was like, I didn't expect it to end like that. Of course. I knew things were a little weird over there, but I didn't expect that, and I was lost, man, and... Uh, and my wife knew I was lost, and I was trying to figure it all out. And uh, you know, we do uh, we do yoga and meditation, nice. like hardcore, like not this this shitty. Uh, can I mention a company? You, you know that an know, app? Huh? Are you talking about an yeah, app? It, it, yoga is everywhere. It's become yes. so fucking oh, yoga, popular. Okay. We went back to where it began in New York City, oh, like no old school, shitty apartment that was turned into a yoga studio. There's nothing right. fancy about it. <laughs> where the first hot yoga recipients were raped. <laughs> right. Oh, wow. Wow. Real. wow, there's a little New York history for you. Yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, through that, you know, there was a guy who's a shaman and does Reiki. Yeah, yeah. My wife's like, why don't we fucking give this a try? Might as well. So next thing you know, he comes over. With the drums, and he's dressed like an Indian. And he's oh, you got, did it at home, too? Yeah. That's he, awesome. He's got all sorts of, uh, 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 like, uh, branches. And I'm trying <laughs> to remember all the shit he brought. Yeah, he's, like, burning sage and shit All like that. that. Uh-huh. And uh, I'm like, what the fuck is going on, you know? And then he's, like, talking. We meditated, and he starts playing the fucking drums. And all of a sudden, he, he picks up a pipe. I'm giving you the short version mm-hmm. of the story, and I'm like, what the fuck is this? He's like, you ready? I'm like, ready for what, man? <laughs> Not, none of this was discussed. Right, right. You know, but he, he, he came highly recommended through the yoga slash meditation mm-hmm. community, so my wife was more than trusting, but she wasn't doing this, and he, he, he puts a pipe up to my nose, mm-hmm. and he's on the other, he's, he's got the mouth on the other side of the pipe, and he's like, all right, ready? Uh, don't, don't breathe out, you know, breathe in. So I, I go, 
I breathe in, and he fires this shit right into my nose. Oh, this wow. powder that uh, I, I I was gonna look up the what it was uh, for this podcast. Is it ayahuasca? Uh, what's that? that? Is that the crazy shit? That's like where d- you it's see like God? slow drip DMT. Yeah, where it's, no, a, no. it's like a four hour trip. Uh, no, 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 oh, no, okay. no, no. It, this thing fired up my whole right side immediately. Oh wow! I was on fire. Uh-huh. It's the only way I can explain it. Every nerve ending was like just lit. And then he's like, you're ready for the left side? I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> I kept my eyes closed the whole time. Mm-hmm. Now, I live on the Upper West Side in some hoity-toity shit. Sure. And he's drumming his ass off. I'm like, the neighbors are going to fucking kill me, right? <laughs> you're the only one that can hear it. <laughs> right. But then he does the left side. And now I'm like, where the fuck am I, man? Uh-huh. And I, it was... It did ex- you disassociate? Like, did you hallucinate or what, I, what happened? I, yeah, man. At one point, I, I felt my dad and I felt like he... He's oh, wow. watching out for me, and he's he's pure love and yeah, yeah. all this stuff because we were now meditating, and he's right. brushing me with the branches, and he's doing Reiki and, oh, he, wow. and the drumming. Um, it was some kind of Peruvian um, uh, dust. Uh, Maybe Abelgeen? It it, it it has uh, it has a lot of tobacco in it. Oh, okay. Has a lot of tobacco. What uh, whatever else was in there, I don't know. It wow. was it, it was definitely short lived. And the whole thing is like you're getting the garbage out of you, the yes. negativity. Yeah, yeah. You're getting the uh, all the bad shit. Mm-hmm. So uh, all of a sudden, I'm like, oh my god, I'm gonna get fucking sick. It was like that. Oh yeah, yeah, the purge. That's why they call it that. Yeah, but do you believe this? Yeah, yeah. You I do. Mean, so I've uh, well, I've only done DMT, not um, not like ayahuasca, which is the yeah. tea or or any like kind of ceremony. And I did it with with two of my friends. Yeah. Um, the first time I smoked DMT, I didn't break through. So I did it. They have DMT vape pens right now, which is like. Holy I mean, shit. Yeah, talk about like. Can you explain DMT to the people that so don't it's, know? It's dimethyltryptamine. And uh, lo- look it up because I'll do a poor job explaining it. But basically, uh, they believe your pineal gland in your brain is uh, naturally produces it. It is naturally produced somewhere in your body. That's where they believe it comes from. But it's also the uh, it's the thing your brain releases as you're dying, and also sometimes when you're in full REM sleep. So some people believe that uh, you know this right now could be an extended DMT trip from when we last died. Like that, you know, so it could get real heavy in terms of what people believe to be true. Right. Um, DMT, if you smoke it though last between like 8 to 12 earth minutes I should say so on earth 8 to 10 to 12 minutes will pass but time is you know time is relative so you no, irrelevant in this irrelevant. case yeah. i've heard that you feel like you it just feel lived a 100 fucking years or whatever whatever yeah i mean like i know ari shafir has done it and he's you know had a full like what he believed to be a 2 month experience I mine was way faster. Mine, you know, it it, it like shot me through a bunch of layers. Um, I felt and saw reality kind of crumble around me, and then it kind of pushed me into a uh, a greater space. I should say, like it just wasn't Earth; it was something beyond this. And it kept taking me on these trips where it would like it would go down all these layers and then up all these layers and then over. And like part of my subconscious was saying, maybe it's like maybe it's trying to explain that there's just you know, layers to everything. And there's, there's all these different perspectives and and people have experiences based on, you know, whatever. It's also, you know, your brain is trying to process all this stuff as it's happening super fast. I saw a bunch of primary colors, kind of the road was created and again, up, down, all around. Uh, I saw a big 
a big um, silhouette, like a, so a black silhouette with like light kind of around the edges of it, of uh, a man's head, and I thought it was Steve Bannon at first, <laughs> which which was weird. You know, I was like, what the fuck is that? And yeah. it turned out to be my dad because my dad kind of looks like Steve Bannon, weirdly enough, and uh, a little less rotten. But he uh, he turned the head turned, and my dad was facing me, and it was just his head, and he was wearing glasses, and uh, I'm looking at him, and he's looking at me, and all of a sudden it like tore. So his head tore in half, almost oh. like it was like a, a stretched out balloon right. that snapped. And then from that tear, it took me, you know, on a rocket ship to like other stuff in my life that I was having problems with. Tear, 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 tear. All these things where I was like, I took it as like, let go. These are things that are holding you back. This is, you know, stuff that you're continually, continuously being angry about and it's not – it doesn't help me at yeah. all. It's still something that I struggle with. I'm still fucking angry about it. Right. But like, you know, that message and and all the kind of, uh, you know, all the symbolism that it was giving me, it's hard to explain because it's so fast and kind of abstract. And then the second time I did it, which was the same day, I did it, <laughs> I, I dove Holy in twice. Holy shit. Which I actually recommend because the first trip is wild, right? And you're just like, what the fuck was that? Basically, what the fuck was that? And then the second one, you feel a bit more confident, so you can take kind of a bigger hit, and you kind of know what to expect, and you can explore a little more. And it slowed it down, and at that point, this is maybe a year ago, maybe a little more, um, during that one, I remember I took the two hits, or three hits, things started disassociating, and I decided to lay down, and I felt like a warm physical sensation in my pants and i was i literally as i was laying down i was like fuck i just shit myself <laughs> out loud to my friends and, and my friend was like well i guess we'll just deal with that <laughs> right, you know, it's right, like right. kind of a you know part of par for the course sometimes right. you just release things because you don't know what reality you're fucking in Holy so man. i'm just there tripping yeah. and going through this whole thing and like six minutes in i popped up and i opened my eyes because usually i think you're supposed to keep your eyes yeah. closed and i opened my eyes and i looked at my friend and he was his back was still to me and and I was, like, just kind of wondering, like, why he's not talking to me and why she wasn't talking to me. And I was, like, what's going on? And then I was, like, oh, I'm still in it. And I look up, and the fucking divine feminine is on the ceiling. So the blue woman that everybody talks about in their hallucinate, uh, hallucinations is, you know, the divine feminine, this person that's supposed to represent all, you know, Mother Earth, uh, all femininity and all powerful and understanding and nurturing. I see her, and she's breastfeeding. And I'm, like fuck, I'm having a kid. <laughs> like, and this is a year ago. And I was like, oh, no, my wife's pregnant. Like, that's immediately where my head went. She yeah. wasn't, obviously. But, uh, you know, it was just like, it was an insane thing because we didn't have any words or talk. We just kind of looked at each other and acknowledged each other's existence. And then I, I came out of it and I felt so good I could have, like, jumped over a car. Were you Were you scared through any of this? No, because that's one of the first things that actually dissipates is your anxiety. Right. So, you know, because... On mushrooms, your anxiety can actually elevate, right. and it can yeah. make you feel very uncertain about certain things. But with DMT, it clears that out like it's like it's brush, right. you know, like just like whatever negativity you thought or whatever you know uncertainty you thought. It's it's no more. We're gonna show you something. Hopefully, you can glom something off of this. But 
yeah, that, that stuff is not an issue. Well, in my case, uh, I got really, really dizzy, puked into a wastebasket, <laughs> laid there for a half hour, then had ice cream with my wife. That so it was, it was yeah, the yeah. same experience as you. <laughs> the divine feminine. <laughs> <laughs> no, but something was released that day with the, the shaman with the yeah. shit uh, blowing up my nose. It, was, it wasn't that. There was no way it was that. It was, mm-hmm. it was more just uh, getting me into another place and, uh, you know, the tobacco had everything fired up and stuff. And yeah. like I said, I saw my dad. And, uh, and and you kind of realize that a lot of this shit is just bullshit, man. Of course. There's so much just bullshit that we spend way too much fucking time on, man. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So I did it twice. And then after the second time, I'm like, I got to tap out. This is just too weird. I'm like, because he was he was doing it, like, as he's leaving the apartment and stuff. And I'm like, <laughs> like, he does it all day. Yeah, that's how he this experiences Peruvian, the world. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh. And then I got paranoid. I'm like, is this how, like, heroin dealers get people, like, addicted to shit to Upper West Side assholes? <laughs> oh, yeah, shaman. But, uh-huh. you know, it's like the real – you know what I mean? I, yeah, I started getting a, wee, uh, a, a bit paranoid, but uh, I'm glad I did it. And yeah, I, yeah. And it definitely uh, got me out of my head and got me into another dimension, realm, or yeah. something to really think about what's important in life. So If you can – so – the DMT, the DMT. I don't know if I could do work. that, man. I don't know. What what I think is good, like uh, this is what I would recommend for anybody who's questioning this, and this is not me telling you to go out and buy drugs. This is just me saying. This yeah, is I what understand. Works You're for just me. talking about your experience. So I had changa, which is a it's a dried root that is uh, that is soaked in synthesized DMT. So usually with DMT, you got to kind of be a little crack addict-y about it because you can't go direct flame to the actual product. Yeah. You have to heat it up, and it basically like kind of vapes to you, right? Right, right. Which to me, it's just a little – while you're fucking rocketing through the galaxy, yeah. it's a little tough to you know measure how far your flame is and what you're taking in and all that shit. Yeah. So with Changa, you could just hit it like weed. You could direct flame to root, and you take it in like a real hit, and that – that got me right there. It was, wow. it was amazing. I, I'm I'm scared that I would be uh, I'd turn into Sid Barrett. <laughs> I, I'd be the one. I took a hit of acid or something, and yeah. then I'm, I'm never coming back. See, I think acid is more alarming than DMT because right. acid is manufactured right. in a lab, even with the inti- with pure intention. It's still gotcha. an, it's an external thing that you're you're introducing to your body. DMT. Your body's already fucking producing it. Right. So it's, you know, you're kind of just releasing it before it's typically now, released. Now, this leads to the other thing. So um, I, some of the stuff you just explained on a much lower level, I got through meditation. Mm-hmm. I meditate a lot, um, but I don't have experiences a lot. It, it usually just relaxes me and gets my head, you know, yeah. uh, straight or whatever. But a couple times through meditation, I saw shit. You've had OBEs, the the out-of-body experience. I saw shit that I can't explain in human terms. And at first it horrified me. And then I'm like, this is cool as fuck. Uh Well, we know know about our lives and Earth and the universe is bullshit. That's what I (laughs) got out of it. I was seeing shapes and things. And I I was like, I can't wait to uh, discuss this with my wife. And then when I came out of meditation, I'm like, uh... Mm-hmm. I can't even explain this. <laughs> like it was she... shades of black and and shapes I've never seen and colors I feel like I've never seen right, before. Right. And I'm just like, and 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 things that felt alive, but they weren't in any shape that I could explain. Yeah. Like, oh, it looked like a wolf. It looked like the devil. It looked like my dad. I couldn't explain yeah. these shapes and this experience I had, and it just opened my mind to the to the possibilities out there. Do you know who'd be a great interview for you? Uh, Sinbad. 
Sin- Sinbad. So Sinbad really? is super, used to be. I think he actually stopped because he got scared of where he was headed. Like he would yeah. he would project himself out of his body. <clears throat> yeah. And he found that he was capable of doing certain things and even knowing certain things that made him very uncomfortable. Really. So he he did Pete Holmes's podcast and he yeah, talked yeah. at length about this. It's one of my favorite like two hours of whatever ever it's oh, so fuck, good because check he, it out he like deeply goes into it and and like what he was doing in the books that he was reading yeah. and how he got to certain places and then he would ask people that were familiar with that work what does he do and they're like oh stop you should stop right now because that's when shit can get real hairy explain so, further supposedly well, how does it get hairy so I, I i i haven't listened to it recently enough to like to be able to kind of call back to it in detail but yeah. i guess he was just he was seeing certain things that made him either uncomfortable or he was, you know, that that he was dealing with the dark arts is what he was saying. Wow. Yeah. So they were saying he was kind of, you know, dipping his toe into some, uh, some... potential evil. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And you might not be able to come back from that. Right. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's there's people that don't fucking come I... back from this stuff. And I say that every time I talk about drugs where I'm yeah. like. This is for me. This is the stuff that has benefited me. What might be for you could be completely different. Here's Simbad from that podcast, You Made It Weird, with host Pete Holmes. So something jumped on you. You're yes. s- where were you? I don't, it was a dark place. It was like a, you know, it's like a cave. Yeah. Like I was in a cave, but I was aware there was other people there. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this, I don't want to be here. And now I'm trying to will myself somewhere else, and I can't go there. Hmm. So I'm like, I'm like, if I can't will this, I don't need to be doing this. Wow. So when you when you did this uh, DMT, mm-hmm. you there were people in the room, right? I yeah, mean, yeah. You, this is not something you do without other adult supervision. I'm, I'm sure certain people, after a while, probably do it alone. From what I even saw from my friend, who was like an experienced DMT user, the way his chest moved up to, up and down at certain points, where he's like experiencing something very clearly, but like it's either his breathing is getting faster or his heart is rapidly increasing. It's like I wouldn't want anybody to do that alone. I think it's a bad idea. Yeah, I mean, of he, you know, Rogan talks about doing it with Stanhope, right. and he almost called the fucking the ambulance because Stanhope started foaming out of his oh mouth. My God. Nah, and it's man. you know, it, it's like you gotta yeah, yeah. you gotta have somebody. That... I'm glad you're 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 saying that as well on the podcast. Um, yeah, but I mean, now that I've experimented with meditation and spirituality, and I'm different than you because it's not really a, uh, with drugs. Uh, per se, although mm. you know, I smoke a little pod, a little edibles here and there. I believe in some good shit now, man. Yeah, <laughs> because I, like I, I was brought up like you know religious, like everybody else, yeah. and it's like I just, I just hated going down that road. I now believe in God. Mm. Uh, I just, I, I think God is everywhere. Right. I really believe it's everywhere. Yeah. And I believe everything is all about love in the end. I believe that I, I don't. I believe we cycle through Earth way more than the historians are telling us. Sure, yeah. Way more. Mm-hmm. I believe there's life all over the fucking universe. Yeah, yeah. Not just a little. I think there's so much fucking uh, life out there that it would just blow your mind. They're like, well, why haven't we found it right. yet? But when they start uh, explaining, like, there's more galaxies in the universe than grains of sand on Earth. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, like, I'm And a, let's not even talk about 
dimensions. Right. You know, and I'm a beach. Dimensions are currently existing yeah. where we are. There could be an alien sitting on your lap and we have no oh, fucking clue. Oh, yeah, and I believe that, too. That That's what dim- Sa- Carl Sagan said. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I believe the dimensions are all sorts of fucked up and we're looking mm-hmm. for aliens that look like us and that necessarily isn't the case. Um, I'm a beach guy, and if you talk about grains of sand and, and universes go, and you're looking for life, you could put a fucking shovel in the in the sand and find no life. Right. But you right. go two feet over here, and a shovel will pick up a whole bunch yep. of life yeah, for yeah. you, crabs and what, whatever the fuck. So yeah, I I believe there's so much life out there, and I believe it's in all different stages of evolution. I believe there's dinosaurs out there oh, somewhere yeah. else. On the, <laughs> no, the other side of the ice wall. <laughs> but I really, but I believe that. I'm like, you know. Somewhere else, their evolution is sure. such that they still have dinosaurs, and then there's people that are well. And time is relative, so all of this could be just happening at the same time. Well, that, the multiverse. Yeah, and yeah. I don't sure, go that yeah. deep yet, but I, you know, and then, you know, when you talk, uh, I believe that you know, alien. We've been in contact with aliens right. uh, our entire Earth history. You know, mm-hmm. it, there's a lot of proof of that with the old uh, caveman drawings and sure. all the old art and stuff. The Anunnaki. That, <laughs> yeah, 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 all that. I mean, the thing is, like, you know, all of this sounds. I'm I'm very aware of what this stuff sounds like. You know, like uh, I believe it love, you... and it sounds hokey and cheesy. Yeah. But it's because, like, unless you do hallucinogens, you're going to think it's it's hack or cliche or whatever. But when you do hallucinogens, it does kind of break you out of that. Like hallucinogens for me snapped me out of being a cynic. I was headed down a really dark path of being completely cynical because in the span of maybe two years – you know, uh, I, I experienced my white little heart got broken. I experienced loss, tremendous loss for the first time in my life. I had a bunch of friends die. My parents' marriage broke up. My dog died. My grandfather, who was basically my dad, died. So all of this happened. So I'm approaching life now where, like, God doesn't exist. Fuck this. Fuck you. Don't get in my way. Yeah. I have a death wish. That's how I started on Coke yeah. and, like, partying extra hard. And then, you know, it, Growing up Irish Catholic to then take that shift to then doing hallucinogens, which then redefined my initial belief in some sort of spirituality or love or, you know, religion, whatever. It, it, it's it's just a journey and it's such a, di- you know, as hokey as that sounds, but right. it's just a different – it's a different set of tools that you're given to kind of understand what the fuck is happening because right. it's very easy to compartmentalize and close off and just be like, I'm just operating on Earth, dude. Right. I'm just living here. I got a microphone in my hand and I'm talking into it and that's my gig right. and that's what I do every fucking day. But if you really want to like think beyond that and like purpose of why we're here, what we're doing here, what we're even doing talking into this, you right. know, it, it's – it, it's really far more layered than you allow yourself to think because it's so overwhelming. Yeah, you're I, talking about purpose. The the uh, this thought occurred to me when you were talking at the top of the show about your uh, performing for uh, the military, yeah. right? And I've had this, and Opie, you've probably had this too in our years in radio, where you meet someone who's a doctor or a surgeon or a teacher or something. And I, I remember uh, having a conversation with a friend of mine who was a teacher, and you know they're. I'm like, wow, that's you're affecting change. You're you're doing something really good, and I'm playing ten in a row. You know, like yeah. how does mm-hmm. that help? And she said, Yeah, but I could I got to put up with third graders all day long, and I'm I, at some point I get tired of my job, sure, and I need a break. And I turn the radio on, and I hear you know, it you, what you're doing takes me away from right what I have to deal with for a minute and gives me a little perspective and then I go back to it and sort of and again as cliche as it sounds the circle like we all have a part to play in everything it totally made sense I mean you know still 
it also kind of humbles you a little bit. Like, yeah, of course. If I don't play the tenth song, no one's going to get hurt, right? You know, oh, wow, but it, really? but it's you know, but I mean, look, you know, people in radio, we we take our lives way too seriously sometimes, and we did. Yeah, so it's it important is. to think about that. Yeah. yeah, the business is filled with a lot of assholes. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I uh, but uh, bring it back down to earth, literally, like. Then I see everyone just fighting over politics, mm-hmm. and my country's better than your country. And it's like this. This is all we fucking got, yeah. man. It, well, it, that's why the universe must look at Earth like you guys are so stupid. Yeah. You, got, you guys have nothing figured out yet. People are like, so what's your political views? Like they ask me as if yeah. my opinion is going to shape or affirm anything that they believe. Yeah. It doesn't matter, and nobody's going to agree with my political views because my political views are everybody should mandatory have to take hallucinogens. <laughs> <laughs> I think the entire world would benefit right. from either the fear or the opening or the awakening that happens right. after, you know, post-hallucinogen and maybe a bit of therapy. That's my political Man, view. Man, I might have to try. I might have to go down that road just once. Because people ask me, too. I, I don't I don't, I don't, don't believe in either side. I mm. just don't. I, I really wish uh, the two sides would fucking unite a little bit and find How can you believe in anything us? that is attached to... To so much financially, right? It's like you know, yeah. It, yeah. It, it's even if even if my heart is with the uh, you know pro- progress and and open mindedness, which used to define the Democrats, yeah, it no longer is democratic because right. it's so tied in with horseshit and money, yeah. and fucking jockeying for position and career assholes yeah. that are trying to just build a life for themselves instead yeah. of helping. Yeah, so it's like. No, I'm not a child. I'm not going to just believe them because once they said this. Well, to put blinders on and go, this is what Republicans believe, and so you got to yeah. believe in all these points. This is what the Democrats believe in. You got to believe in all these points. It, it, it's insane to me as a human being that don't you pick and choose? Right. You know what I mean? In my business, the the, the left the left is horrible with uh, right. the PC culture and all that. They're the ones that are hurting you guys in the stand up community, yeah, yeah. right? Well, so, and just being fascist in general yeah, and trying so, to limit anybody that doesn't agree with right. You know, every single talking. So point. the right has more of an open mind about that, obviously. But I mean, even that. But all, all these things, they're all they're the same. They're the same yeah. people because they're, it, I, it's never been more abundantly clear than today because they're using the same tactics against each other. Right. So the right even adopted the left's outrage culture. Yeah. So now they're doing as a like, well, you're saying this about us. This is what you're doing. Uh, Aren't you full of shit? So everybody is interested in outing somebody else for being a piece of shit before they're outed as a piece of shit. It's like it's the most maddening game of who gives a fuck ever. So it's like, why would I, you know, so people that are like, well, you got to choose a side because otherwise nothing gets done. And it's like, do I? Because I just made a compelling point for why certain things based on your party are absolute horseshit. So me not choosing a side is actually more of a declaration of where I stand than just being like, well, I suppose this is good enough. Thank you. That's where you make concessions, though, for your own, you know, you make concessions by saying, well, this is close. Yeah. But then all this shit happens where money is being well, taken. Why do we have to choose I, the I, lesser of two evils? Right. Right. Yeah, I don't. I, I. I don't vote, and I. And I got this from Carlin a million years mm. ago because I hate when people go, "Well, if you don't vote, you shouldn't have an opinion on anything that's going on." Right, right. And Carlin always said, "That's that's you're making a stand by not voting." 
Yes. You're basically yeah. saying this whole system is horse shit and we got to fix this. Yeah. And we got to kind of come together and find a middle ground. That was my point with the, the two sides. It's insane right. to believe in all these points because there's not a human being that believes in every fucking point no. that the Republicans stand for and vice versa with the Democrats. It's like you pick and choose from the sides depending on what your life is all about. Of course. it's but, like But the, people don't want to acknowledge that. They're like, no, man, it's all or nothing. It's that tribalism we talked about people earlier. People are political sports fans now. Yes. So, you know, I, I said this I and I – I got like all these hate messages from female comics that were so weird because, you know, I, I tend to, as you could probably tell from my affinity for hallucinogens and all this <laughs> yeah, shit, yeah. I tend to lean left and towards understanding and just being a human being and, right. you know, trying to help out as many people as you possibly can. Yeah. So when I say, when I see people with like Hillary overlays and like Donald Trump overlays and signs on their yard and like, if you don't believe it, get the fuck away from me. Right. And it's like, so that's not politics right that's that's being a giants fan right like that's being like yeah, fuck yeah. you i'm for this team and i don't give a shit yankees what we do. red Sox. yeah is you know it? it's like my right. the, the way i'm an apologist well, for eli manning yeah. is how yeah, people, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is how people yeah, are an apologist for trump right do i know that eli might not be the best suited uh fucking quarterback for the right. giants right now of course but i'll ride with him until i die yeah, yeah, because yeah. he's responsible for two of the greatest nights of my life right <laughs> but but to think that so you know, half the country thinks one way and the other half the other way. Mm-hmm. It's it's pretty much 50-50 almost. Yeah, depend- yeah. I'm close enough to think logically that you're going to turn the other half of the country into your ideologies. Right. Insane. Yeah. It's never going to happen. We're wasting so much fucking time with this horseshit. Yeah. I saw Collins' one-man show last night, and he had, like, just a brilliant – something that I never – I'm sure this is just obvious to everybody else, but something that I never considered. He's like, every election is 51 to 49. Right. Mm-hmm. That's too many angry people. Yeah. <laughs> like, after, like, that means half of the country is livid. Like, right. it, because you are now operating in a complete, in something that they don't believe in. Yes. Like, it, it goes against their very fiber. Yeah. So it's, you know, that's, I don't know what the fucking solution is. I'm just, you know, I'm contributing to the circle jerk of who, of, of who knows what the fuck information is out there as much as anybody. But, like, you know, it, I don't know. I don't know what, I, to, I, what I think should it's, be done. I think it's uh, uh, a UFO lands. Yeah. And you really see the alien for the first time and go, we're here, motherfuckers. Yeah. But we'll still have issues with that. A UFO or 9-11. Like, you know, well, that they, helped for a little while. It brought everybody right? together, you know? Yeah, but, it's a Band-Aid. But it was to, a yeah, but that was a quick But to have the logic too. like, yep, now, now we got a guy in the office and this is how it should be. And you yeah. motherfuckers have to just deal with it and come on our side. Yeah. It's, that's, no, it would, I think the, so the, the part of the solution really has to be, I don't care where it comes from, is you need a positive person. Yeah, positive, non-divisive person. Somebody, you know, the next candidate that runs shouldn't stand up and go, I'm better than that person because of X, Y, Z. It's, I'd like to get this job because X, Y, Z. Right. Now, let let, let him or her tell you why they want to get the job. It's, uh. I mean, when you when you apply for a job, you don't know who, you, who the other people you're going up against are, and you're not sitting there motherfucking those guys. Right, right. Right? You you sell yourself. That's all you have to do is sell yourself. Don't negatively push the other people and and you know, it that actually have a debate and, and not yeah. have negative discourse. You're not wrong, but Washington would eat that candidate a lot. Of course, yeah. Well and, and because our, now you're fucking up the 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 the, the machine. Well, it's Washington yeah. and it's you're and it's fucking up the machine. Media in general. I, and I'm sick of hearing mainstream media because Everybody, you know, all Fox makes them, these hosts make a million dollars just like the ones at CNN. 
everybody needs to stop talking over each other. It's the you know it's it's right. we've, we've mentioned this on the show a thousand times. The mooch t- told us all yeah, that. Yeah, so, I mean, the, Trump is like so. This is this is what I think about Don. I don't because I don't think it's going to change. I think it's actually going to get worse in terms of how people you know compose themselves in a political environment. Trump is like the hacky bit in your act that you know you shouldn't do but works every time. Right. And so you kind of like you'll keep doing it and you might even add a few other hacky bits to right. it that kind of, you know, play into the same rah-rah horseshit. So the left is feeding into it. They somehow think that they're going to out-Trump Trump right. and that's not going to happen because he has no no moral bar. Uh, like he's ju- he's just willing to say and do whatever he wants, which is necessary for somebody. Can we at least you know, agree with, he has no empathy? Yeah, of course. No, I mean, and <laughs> I mean, and to be perfectly honest, he's really good at what he does in terms of ra- you know of creating course. a lather, right. of a, a hateful lather. He's very very good at as, that. As a person that likes to look at things and try to find the funny in it, mm. right? There's so much stuff that Trump does that I find hilarious. And he's I, already funny, yeah. yeah. But I tweet it out, and then, of course, that means you're a libtard and a yeah, snowflake yeah. because uh, another theme to this podcast, we always talk about how people can't take jokes about their guy. Of course, yeah. And yeah. I thought this was a new phenomenon, but the more I really think about it, it's not. That's why Johnny Carson back in the day, you didn't know where he leaned politically. I right, mean, let's right. assume he had to be a liberal, right? Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> but, I don't know. But I got to see a whiskey drinking Johnny Carson is having a few opinions about the Spanish after hours. <laughs> <laughs> and he was well, tight with Reagan. But, but you make a good point. Yeah, yeah. We didn't know. Yeah, who knows? And I guess that was a smart way to play it, you know, because as yeah. soon as you make a joke about a guy that everyone just assumes, oh, that means, you know. I forget I, I forget what so, who said this. this. Recently, but I was. I, they brought up such a great point about like actors that are uh, actively on, um, you know, giving political advice and and giving you know speeches and all their very serious black and white straight to camera. You yeah. know, this is what we got to do, and it's hilarious. You're like, you're in St. Bart's, right, like, right? What are you telling me? I'm yeah. fucking in Brooklyn. Yeah, <laughs> like you know, it, but. It, Somebody said, I think it was uh, Rob McElhenney from Always Sunny. Okay. So he said he was like, they're kind of, they're breaching the social contract that we, that we, you know, Unspoken came up with, right? Which was, we'll follow you because you're good at the certain art. Now, you shouldn't step outside that and speak as you because then all I see is you in everything that you do Ah. artistically. So if you actually want to use your platform as an artist, put it in your art. Right. Don't 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 break the social contract and and talk as the fucking Hulk or whoever that guy. Right. What, what is his name? Uh, the uh, guy that plays the Mark Hulk. Mark Ruffalo. Mark Ruffalo, who is like so aggressively lefty that it's just like, dude, you know, how could anybody not see? Some you know libtard cuck when yeah, they yeah, yeah. <laughs> when they watch yeah. Bruce Banner, yeah. you know. But you know, instead, put it into a movie that you write. Do uh, do something artistic. I, I, on my social media, I'm backing out of it more and more because mm. I'm like, it's not worth it. You, you try to like him, uh, bring up a good point and maybe try to get some unity and some yeah. middle ground, and you're like, N- no one wants that. They're they're all dug in, and that's it. It's it's, right. it's, it's over as far as that goes. You know, I, I gotta tell you, Mike. Uh, this has been an awesome podcast. We we were bringing you in. It's too late now, obviously, Mike. Unless he is he still standing by? Yeah, he's a huge fan of yours. He's down. <laughs> I keep like saying five minutes, five minutes, five minutes. Really? We're good to go. But I'm starting to think maybe we just have Mike come back. Yeah. Because we were going to go yeah. down the conspiracy uh, road <laughs> because uh, I was on a lot of cold medicine and I was sick around uh-huh. the holidays and stuff and. 
when I, when I was laying around on my couch, I was thinking about you again because uh, you did a conspiracy co- uh, podcast sure for a while did. with that guy. Still got so much work from that yeah. shitty show. And, and we <laughs> talked about it on the radio over the years. But I started looking at uh, this a YouTube channel called Secure Team Ten. It's, mm-hmm. This isn't the guy that uh, is standing by, but he's. He has me convinced that, you know, we lived on Mars and and there's bases on the moon yeah. and and you know the, all the rover footage they're like they're studying that and they're going see that's a shovel right there that's right, an right. old wheel and then, and then they're like this is a tunnel system you could see that mm-hmm. it's a glass tunnel system we got it and then they're convinced like there was some kind of nuclear war on uh, oh, Mars wow. and that's why they fled there and probably moved to Earth and I'm open to that all I mean, this yeah. stuff and, and there's methane levels on Mars supposedly and uh, that just means that there's living shit on Mars to this day wow. and, didn't and they then find, there's they found this, running water, right? Uh, I think ice, yeah, ice, ice yeah, yeah. yeah. And then there, there's a, a picture of the rover with the shadow from the sun, or it's actually a shadow of the rover. Uh-huh. And then it's like, look, there's a backpack on the rover. Right, right. <laughs> Whoever's living up there just put their backpack on the rover. <laughs> and the, I, it might have been more of the cold medicine, but some of this stuff I was starting to believe. Like, holy fuck! Oh dude. yeah. Oh, that's an old landing site on Mars, <laughs> man. That's and hilarious. then there was like, look, that's a, you know, fuck the face on Mars. Look at all the pyramid system and mm-hmm. these. Pyramids are the ones that they did in Egypt, and we can't explain how they fucking did I the mean, pyramids. The in math Egypt. behind the pyramids is like it's insane. It's absolutely insane. So, so then I got I went to the moon shit with this guy, and supposedly when we landed on the moon, Neil Armstrong basically went to another frequency, and the ham operators like followed him over to this other frequency, and huh. they all heard him say that. He was looking into a crater, and there was uh, there was uh, moon bases already from aliens, and supposedly we didn't go. We were told to leave the fucking moon and never come back, and that's why we never went back to the moon. <laughs> so I mean, it really is weird that we got there at the time we got there, and you know, right now we have more power in our iPhones than they had on the right. initial shuttle, and for whatever reason, we can't. We can easily can't make it back. Uh, go back there w- without a problem, but they yeah. they swear that. Some people swear that the aliens basically said, look, you know, you had your time now. Sure. We're escorting you off the moon, and you ain't coming fucking back. Do you yeah. get this? The problem with the conspiracy community is there is no unity. So there's just all these fractioned, you know, camps that believe certain things because I'm I'm super into this stuff. I love it. Like, right. you know, possible nuclear war on Mars, bases, all that shit. Right. But then you get into somebody who's like, by the way, Sandy Hook never happened, and also the yeah, Earth is yeah, flat, yeah. and yeah, there yeah. is no such thing as space. Yeah, and it's yeah. like, well, cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wait shut down the conversation <laughs> yeah that you're 100 percent right that that uh, fogs everything yeah right? that, so. that was my podcast like my podcast got stopped to, we were ahead of its time because it had we had patreon back then i'm so oh fucking my pissed God, I can we had imagine. so people that so many people that would have like you know funded yeah, yeah maybe even like field trips or certain things that we could have done in conjunction with our show that would have made it so much more interesting and like right. multi-platformed but instead, the our third Mike, Dave Weiss, who still – I think he gave a speech at the Flat Earth con- Conference in like Denmark or some shit. He got so deep into Flat Earth because it's more or less a religion at this point. Mm-hmm. It has no proof. They just it's, – it's a belief system. Right. Um, that, uh, that every conversation we would have would circle back to that and it made, uh, it made the show po- impossible. Wow. So yeah. what do you believe? What, I mean, I don't going, know. I don't believe really anything. Well, that's fair enough. But what, some of the stuff that makes you go here a lot easier makes you go, hmm, 
Yeah, I mean, they, here's the thing. It's like, even even when I'm wa- watching some of the NASA videos, and like, I don't believe the Earth is flat, but do I think they put out some digitally enhanced, sometimes entirely created videos? Right. Yeah, I do. There's no re- really arguing We're that. a TV culture, of course. Of course, yeah, and they do it. Oh, you mean with the moon landing? Yeah, and, and not even like back then, but like now. Like, you know, even so, some of the shit that we got going on, like the... I, I didn't even watch it because it, it came from my flat earth friend. But when China landed on the opposite yeah, side yeah. of the moon, Dark side. He's, yeah, he's like, look at how computer graphics this is. This is the real video that they put out. And I didn't do any research, but I looked at like a 10 second grab of what <laughs> he put up and I was like, yeah, that looks fake. And then just kind of moved on. Right. But so, you know, there is part of me that's like, that's interested in yeah. learning about that stuff. But it's again, surrounded with yeah. such political sportsman bullshit right. that it, it makes me get away from did, it because I'm like, I don't want to be a did part you, of it. Did you guys ever talk about the music on the dark side of the moon? It's not the dark side of the moon, know. by the way, because it's not dark. Right. It's the it's the side of the moon we don't see. Yes. Right. So we yeah, call yeah. it dark. Supposedly it's not dark. Because we know everything. But back in the day when the – I forgot which, uh, which mission, but they were you know uh, going around the moon mm-hmm. as, as whoever was on the moon for that one. I forgot. I should have some of these details better. But they heard music on the dark side oh, of the yeah? moon. And that's documented. They actually have transcript. Cool. Like, are you hearing that? What the fuck? Right. What does it sound like? It sounds like fucking music. I mean, we have no idea of how things ricochet throughout yeah, the solar yeah. system and what things are kind of funneling around in energy. So, I mean, that's that's right. cool as shit. Well, some of those uh, early you know spacecraft that we sent out, you know, to, to, to the end of our solar system, that got there in the eighties. Were, that we'd probably sent in the late 50s and early 60s, so 20, 25 years later, were pulling back, uh, had, were catching television signals yeah. from the Earth. They just said the, something about that. They just got um, some sort of old music or TV bounced back from like a million years, uh, light years, light years or something away, like that, yeah. yeah, where they were like, well, what the fuck was that? You know, it's it's all this stuff where it's I'm, just out there. My, my intelligence. Wait, was is it so coming from? It, was it something we? Maybe I, I don't know. Again, was I'm, I'm, that it, I am the... Captain Headline. <laughs> I, read, <laughs> I read four words and then I'm like, I'm real well read about this, dude. I had a PD. He goes, just read the first paragraph of any story and you got it. And it kind of works. It yeah. kind of works. Oh, you could bullshit your it way around. It gives you enough yeah. knowledge that you can hold your own in a Starbucks. It's legitimately or how I've gotten through school in yeah. my entire yeah. life is like just confidence. So, what what are some of the stuff that make you go, hmm? I mean, and we are, we're going to have Mike come back because, I mean, we're... So, like... You don't want to do one call with the guy? Uh, I, I mean, well, I'll have Mike come back literally if you're around yeah. next yeah, week yeah. and we'll do another one. But yeah. this right, so I'll reschedule with the guy. Yeah, just tell him because I'd, I'd rather do a whole, a whole... Okay. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. So, so, so this is my thing. So my podcast co-host would bring up a, a conspiracy like, let's just say 9-11. And he would say that there were no planes that hit the Twin Towers. It was a direct energy weapon with a hologram of a plane. So that's what everybody thought they saw. See, I can't so, go with that. So, right. So that's, that's a pretty deep yeah. leap. Right. And my where where what I'm interested in is why did they find a fully preserved passport of one of the pilots that was unhinged, unburned, on un- anything on the floor outside of one of the towers? Why did we jump into several wars that had nothing to do with who actually implemented the right. attack? So my thing is like. 
Do I know what happened? Will I ever know what happened? Probably not. So why focus on those minute details and drive myself crazy? Instead, right. I can look into what that led to. So never let a good catastrophe go to go to waste, right? right. Is, is, so then you get into these wars and you see where the money's funneled yeah. and why the fuck wasn't yeah. Saudi Arabia implicated and why well, are they getting away with all this stuff even mm-hmm. currently? I got to stop because we will get a ton of uh, people react to that. Do you believe that the planes hit the Twin Towers? Yes. Okay, yeah, thank yeah, you. Yeah, for sure. But this is what I'll say. I believe that at times our government allows things to happen for yeah. agendas. Oh, I think I, – I also think – I don't know because I don't know shit. All right. I'm saying is there is a possibility they knew that maybe that attack was going down right. that and day and they need an excuse to go in, into the Middle East. I, I don't know. I'm, sure. And I, I, I'm right there with you. But is it, is it, hum- is it insidious or is it incompetence? You know what I mean? So is it something from that they learned a, about and they didn't know? I mean, right. It's the same thing and, that said and, Pearl Harbor was the same way. Yeah. Right. That somebody, a, a group of generals knew that it was happening and they didn't either say anything to anybody or they couldn't analyze whatever the data was right. enough and, you know, so forth and so and, on. And I will say this, too, because people are still going to be pissed off. Uh, or we were just completely taken by surprise. Which is right. totally yeah. Which led to something we wanted to do anyway. Right. So yeah. I don't know. Yeah, and yeah. that's why I have such a problem with, like, the Sandy Hook thing is to not not to mention you know people are that, ag- that aggressively piss, going after victims. Yeah, that one pisses me the yeah. fuck off. Yeah. And fuck Alex Jones. Yeah. I'll, I'll be the one that fucking says. Oh, it. same. And I mean, fuck it, that guy. I had uh, my, have fun with your cons- conspiracy <laughs> shit all you want, and right. some of the stuff is kind of entertaining to, to go with. But fuck you, man. Yeah, it's just a goofy thing because not to mention all you people know, what lost they said their six year olds that day. Right, There's like no my, fucking doubt about it. My co-host told me that it wasn't even in it wasn't an active school. There were no children. It, it just didn't <sighs> happen the way we were we were told. And I told him my wife's cousin went to the school. She was friends and baking cookies with one of the kids that died like the night or two before. So I was like, so what do you have to say to that? And he's like, nope. And it's like, okay, cool. So you're telling me that my wife came into my life at 10 years old because she knew I would host a podcast one day right. with you and then would have some sort of connection to a false flag. Like, wh- what the fuck are you talking about? Not to, you know, yeah. on top of that, what you're saying that it was falsified for, which is a gun grab, didn't even occur. So no legislation was even, w- was even brought to the table. Right. Based on this attack, so your your whole fucking reasoning is horseshit. Right. It's just, you know, and and then they scale it back to like, well, they always want to keep you on your toes and want to keep you scared, and it's like, well, which is it? Is it low keeping people at a low vibration, or is it actually trying to get our guns? Right. Because right now your message is so vague, it sounds like you're grasping at straws from a horrific event that you can't process because you're so hurt. Right. You know, yeah, a hundred percent ridiculous. So, well, I, I was I was thinking more of the fun conspiracy, <laughs> <laughs> but that's a, that's why everybody that brings me in, like, you want to do a conspiracy TV show, and I'm like, yeah, but these are the conspiracies that I talked about on my show. I didn't talk about JFK. Well, the or guy, the, the, the guy what about that, McCartney. Yeah, <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, guy, he's a robot. The guy that wanted to uh, call in today, which ones did he want to talk about? Uh, the moon, Hitler. And one other one, I forgot. Yeah, the, more the fun yeah. one. Not that Hitler's fun. No, no, no. no I call it's it's a good I, well, Jimmy Hitler, not Adolf. Yeah, yeah, oh, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> His <laughs> cousin Jimmy. But, but Hitler survived and he went to Central America. Argentina. Argentina. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's, that's a fact. That. That's, yeah, I could see that's that. That's a yeah. fact one. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, it, 
I don't know. All, all that stuff, that is fun. I called Neil deGrasse Tyson a retard on TV based on the uh, moon landing because I was like, I've seen YouTube videos that disprove what you're telling me yeah, right what now. What was he saying? Uh, he, he, you know, he's like, we have all the capabilities in the world to get to the moon. It is correct. And, yeah. you know, it was basically sticking to the science of it instead of addressing, like, kind of the weird inconsistencies of the video. So the video itself... Do I think we made it to the moon? I do, actually, the, the, just in my opinion. Do I think that the video evidence that we have is 100% from that uh, excursion? Yeah. Maybe not. Well, you know the Stanley Kubrick angle yeah, by yeah. now, right? Yeah, yeah. So the, the rumor is because of Space Odyssey, the, the, the government and NASA said, hey, could you film some stuff? Because we are going to the moon. But, right. we, you know, they want to show how big our, our dicks were yes. to the rest of the world. So they're like... If we have shitty footage to put out there, eh, so maybe you could film stuff that maybe we could mm-hmm. use or, you know. I think they wanted Kubrick and they couldn't afford him. <laughs> or, he, <laughs> or he said no because some of the lazy patchwork of, like, taking the foreground and then just duplicating it and you see I just two sets that, of ground man. that I, look exactly the yeah. same. You know. But then, they, but then they said that uh, you know Kubrick did it and it was sworn to secrecy, right? And the, and and the whole put, and the Shining has all the hidden messages yeah, yeah. in it. That's fascinating. To I me. love that stuff with Room Two, uh, I think Two Three Seven, right? Mm-hmm. Which was the distance to the moon at the time, two hundred thirty-seven thousand uh-huh. miles. And then uh, Danny's wearing the NASA rocket yeah, sweatshirt, yeah. and there's, I mean, there's other no things denying in the movie. symbolism and all that stuff and covert kind of like mm-hmm. it, it messaging that right. is real. That, and that's and a Kubrick thing. also maybe he was a lot of say something later on in his life but mm. he's such a genius and a fucking weirdo artist type that maybe he wanted to go to his grave going ah you guys figure it out well, yeah, yeah. i know i did it but I, i'm never gonna say it well that's the entire plot of eyes wide shut i totally that's yes. where he confessed to the whole moon landing thing <laughs> I, 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 I that one fell flat <laughs> no i don't know the movie i've seen it i try like to watch 4 a.m in hotel rooms yeah, and i'm just I, like I, when does the fucking start? I forget. No, the beauty of a podcast or doing a radio show or whatever, someone out there loved that, right? <laughs> <laughs> For real. I yeah. just, I, I sat through Eyes Wide Shut. It's the most horrible film I've I ever tried seen. a couple, three or four it's times. It's so slow paced. I, 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 I just finally had to give up. I just and like then, Nicole Kidman's nips are yeah, nice. She's got kid. some real pinkies. Opening scene, uh, when the car comes flying out of the building, that was uh, filmed at the Dakota on 72nd oh. Street where John Lennon was shot. Wow. There you go. Take that little info with you today. A little fun fact. <laughs> okay. uh, and, and we didn't talk about AI. We could wrap up with AI. Yeah, yeah. I mean, And singularity. Are you into the whole singularity thing? Yeah. I mean, I think that it is. It scares the fuck out of me. I think that's human beings' destiny. I think Destiny. Destiny. I think that's what we were put here for. I don't think that uh, – because we're obviously – incapable of reaching the type of like you know understanding and love for each other that would uh that would basically benefit this this planet and also us as a species so instead we're going to make ourselves unfeeling efficient robots that just kind of get shit done as opposed to fuck that love shit yeah yeah singularity is basically where technology surpasses our understanding and they say it's coming quick oh of course it is i mean it's here we hold this our phone is attached to us it might as well be embedded in our forearm already eventually there will be something where we can tap the side of our head and some fucking menu pops up and we decide what food we want within a half mile radius you know that's just not i I surrender to intelligence for real i finally realized like you think your brain knows everything there it the the, what's out there in the intelligence and Mm -hmm. the technology all that we are not capable of digesting all that stuff and what they're saying with ai and singularity is that the robots and the technology when they take over uh they are capable of doing 
all that. Fuck yeah. I mean, you know, look at a uh, look at the stuff they're already testing. I think they did this in Germany where a guy had like, you know, inoperable cancer where he's about to die in like, you know, a month. And so they injected him with nanobots and those bots were going to go in there and kind of like snip out the tumor and try to heal whatever he had. I'm pretty sure the guy died, yeah. but they're still working on that where yeah. they're they're putting in bloodstream robots that are then trying to fix your body. Right. So this is not this is not a and they're basically this that, is a real thing. Yeah, that technology you will have that in your body and they'll just be rocking yeah. around like yeah. taking care it's of like stuff that could get Jones. out of uh, <laughs> right. But then I, I was reading an article and uh, this goes back to the headline, but basically where they had an AI or a robot that was hiding hiding info from the yeah. humans. Did yeah. you read that article last week? I didn't read that one. I read the Facebook one where they had to shut down the two robots that started changing language so they could only communicate with each other. There you go. Yeah. That's they, the shit I'm yeah, talking where about. They, and the, that they might were like, be the what? One. And they just pulled the plug. And it's like, do you guys not watch movies? Like, is this not, <laughs> well, is this not a part of our fucking lexicon forever? Well, We've always said that the machines are going to kill us. And everybody's like, well, let's see how close we can take it. Well, <laughs> Ray Kurzweil, that, that documentary mm-hmm. on Singularity, I'll bring it up again. But the robot technology, a lot of it's in uh, Tokyo and all yeah. over Japan and stuff. And, and the people that are working on this technology, they're like, this is my livelihood, but... Let's stop right the fuck now, because they're yeah. they're understanding the capability of this uh, this technology, and, th- and it scares the shit out of those people. Oh yeah, eventually some Japanese sex robot is gonna bite somebody's dick off because they were out of the house for too long. <laughs> you know, like right. <laughs> something's gonna happen right. where like their 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 robot feelings get I, hurt. But she's gonna start that with, you know, you sound a lot like I, your father. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I watch a lot of documentaries. I don't remember exactly which one, but it was on robots, and uh, this guy had a sex robot because he. He's a, a fucking loser. Mm. Maybe in another 20 years you won't say that. It'd yeah, be right. cool as fuck. Well, it'd be like ex machina. And I guess he lived in 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 a, a compound that he had a tiny, tiny little room, maybe like barely this size, that mm. had like a pod where he could sleep. And he worked in the same uh, building, I guess. Yeah. It was this whole setup. That, you know Japan. Japan is so fucking weird with their shit. <laughs> and he was dragging this really heavy sex robot around. And was bringing it back to his pod, and then, you know, it kind of went to uh, uh, black, thank God. Uh-huh. You know what's going to happen next? You're like, oh, my God. It was all cumbersome. <laughs> he was, like, carrying it over his shoulder. Oh, God. He's, like, grunting, and she's yeah. like, what? Am I not have light enough for you? <laughs> and he's like, right. And it's just like, God. Uh, that's, lo- uh, that's the obvious evolution. Yeah, yeah. And he's basically saying how he's in love with this thing. And I like, mean, oh, people are idiots. But, but we're heading that way with the, the robot. There's a whole movie yeah. about that. I mean, I've seen yeah. the fiction side of this. Or her a, or something, yeah, Joaquin her, Phoenix yeah. thing, yeah, yeah. But there was a. Th- I watched after that. You told me about Singularity, so I started uh, going down that same rabbit hole. Then I saw a trailer for some Netflix show called. Uh, I'm going to blank on it. It's where these time travelers, travelers, the, uh, Eric McCormack stars in. I haven't it. checked it out yet. So it's th- it's fiction. Yeah, and it's the whole premise is that there are people from 200 years in the future that are that have come back to this time to try and stop events. From happening, and they are controlled by an AI that it, that is that that designed how to put consciousness into people of today. All of the they, they, these guys get shot, and mm. and they you know they put them on a you know the medic puts them on a table and injects these nanobots to fix all. I mean, it's it's uh, well, they, it's fucking scary. Yeah, they say the the AI inv- is humans' last invention. Yeah, I can see that. So I don't know. 
Here's to it. <laughs> <laughs> what a great one. You want one last uh, shitty ant story before we wrap up? <laughs> what, my aunt or well, your aunt? If you got one, I got no, one. No, go ahead. I want to hear yours. So uh, back in 2002 was when we, me and Anthony got fired for Sex for Sam. <laughs> I mean, you want to talk about being on a rocket ship. Uh-huh. I'm talking we were heading toward having individual yachts oh and planes. God. We were unstoppable up and down the East Coast, number one in everything. Robert knows mm-hmm. this. I and we never, we <laughs> never came back from this, okay? 2002, we came back on uh, Sirius XM in 2004, and we did okay for ourselves. Mm. But where we were, and it was getting better and better, we're talking money you can't even imagine we were heading toward making, right? So we do that dumb bid, and we get fucking fired. I have to sit out two fucking years, and I'm thinking I'll never. Fucking Mercurio. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> and I say fucking Stephen Lynch because he, he took over for Stephen Lynch that day. Oh, that did I, he? That I trusted way more than Paul Mercurio. Mm-hmm. There's some inside baseball for you. But Lynch was blowing up, and he goes, I, yeah, I don't yeah. know how to tell you, but I can't do the sex for Sam this year. Singing about Jesus' brother, Craig. Because <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was our third annual. Oh, wow. And Lynch is like, I can't do it this year. And I'm like, I don't know. This Paul Mercurio guy has been kind of coming on the show a lot. We'll give him a shot. Mm-hmm. See, I can't blame Paul, though, because that would be me, too. I would yeah, be like, yeah. i got to make a splash. Yeah, where, yeah. where can I have this? Fair enough. Fair yeah. enough. I, I'm kind. Honestly, I'm kind of over it, but it, <laughs> I, I better be at this point. <laughs> so so I lose everything. And I'm not doing woe is me, but it's, it, it leads to a good shitty ant story. So. I uh, uh, just so you know, before we did the sex for Sam at St. Patrick's Cathedral, couple yeah. had sex in the vestibule. I think I'm still good because it wasn't in the actual church. Right. Security <laughs> guard saw the whole thing, wanted everyone to leave. A Paul Mercurio grandstand of that day. Uh-huh. I think we would have fucking skated if Paul didn't like make a stand and say something like, "Where's your God now?" That might not have helped oh, us no. at the time. So. Uh, my grandma died before we did the sex for Sam, uh, about a year before, maybe eight months before. So she's no longer with us. Mm. She's very was a very religious. <laughs> she lady. knew what was coming. Yeah, very religious <laughs> lady. She'd be 109 if she was alive today, wow. just to put perspective on it. So lose everything. Uh, I go to this uh, another aunt's house pool party. <laughs> Everyone's there. Everyone's there. This is the first time I, I left my house in, I don't know, it's been so long, but I, I literally wouldn't leave my apartment or my house in Huntington for weeks. Yeah. I was so fucking depressed. I had paparazzi outside my house Jesus. waiting for me to jump in a car so they could get an exclusive interview. They were jumping out of bushes trying to take pictures of me. Oh, it was fuck. insane. So I finally go, you know what, it's time to like try to get my shit back together. So I go to this pool party at my, my other aunt's house, and there's the shitty aunt. She goes like this with her finger, like, come over here. And I'm like, I think she's going to be a, I think she's gonna be fucking nice for once. Uh-huh. You know? I think this is fu- – we're going to have a breakthrough. I lean in. She goes, I just want to tell you something about what you did, you know, with the sex with Sam thing. And I'm like, yeah. She goes, I'm just so glad your grandmother's not alive oh to God. see what oh. you did. Oh, my God. <laughs> Jesus. I'm at my lowest point of my life. <laughs> yeah. Not suicidal, but... For sure. But, yeah. Your but, livelihood but, was taken. Yes. 
Once again, I fucking stormed out of, oh my uh, of God. what should have been a nice pool party in the middle of, uh, I guess, summer at that point. Oh, you should have 300 kicked her right in the chest into the <laughs> deep end. She <laughs> like, let's see how you can float with but while she got me. Prayer. She got me again because I'm really thinking, here it is. This is, you know, right. she's going to have some sympathy and go, you know, maybe we haven't seen eye to eye, but I feel really bad for, you know, wow. what happened to you. And she goes... And you know what? My grandma was cool as fuck. Right. She would have been fine with it. <laughs> I know she would have. Yeah. As long as it was used for procreation. And they were married. <laughs> uh, I think we did it for now, but we got to get them back uh, when we do the call with the conspiracy guy, oh, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Mike Cannon, guys. Thanks for having me, It's man. been way too fucking long. Hell yeah. I should have had you on way sooner than this. So congrats on the kid. When, Appreciate when, it. When is she due? July. Late Ju- July. All right. Yeah, so... Uh, wish me luck, summer baby. No, man, just go with it. <laughs> and you're not going to sleep. No, no, I don't already. So I oh, really? Yeah, it'll that, be that's right. the thing. I mean, the lack of sleep. But yeah. when you get past that stage, it's. Uh, I think you, I think you're going to be a great father. Sweet, thank you. Yeah, I don't, it. don't worry about the hangups. Yeah, for yeah. real. I, I mean, you worked on yourself. I think you're ready to go. Uh, anything you want to promote? Uh, I mean, I'm on the road a ton, so all my dates, mycannoncomedy.com, and okay. uh, I'm I'm doing this new thing. I'm putting clips from like I saw on your Instagram, yeah, a new stand up on Instagram and Utah. I'm completely biting off of Andrew Schultz because it seems to be working for him, right? Crazy. So I'm I'm doing some new and then some st- stuff from my album that nobody's seen visually. Uh, so you know, just doing that on YouTube and Instagram. Just putting quick cl- stand up clips. Yeah, yeah. yeah and yeah, and yeah. what is it on Instagram? At I am Mike Cannon. Right, right, right. Yeah, I do follow you. I appreciate it. And you follow, follow me. Back. Fuck. I do. <laughs> no, I know you do. <laughs> I don't know why you said that. <laughs> <laughs> and thank you for the. Oh, where to go? Oh, I would keep it. Oh uh, yeah, we don't I, want I confiscated nice. that. We don't want to. <laughs> we don't want that laying around. A little, little edible for the key. <laughs> for the key, <laughs> and maybe some DMT uh, down the road. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. Would we'll you do it, it Robert? I, absolutely. You would do it. Oh yeah. No, and I'm in a place right now where I know I need to open up more. <clears throat> You know, and you know some of the shit that I've sort of had that's closed off. And, and do it, when you were telling that whole, that whole story, Mike, I'm like, you know, that might need to be the – because I'm meditating. I'm trying that. I'm trying some other things. But, right. like, that might need to be the, you know, push. To the, little, the kick little doors of perception that I'll open yeah, back yeah. up again. Oh, yeah. Because I used to be fairly attuned, but I, I know I'm missing something I think right it, now. I think as humans, though, we, we want to feel grounded, and it seems like that will just – Fuck that grounded shit will throw you into a... I mean, pe- people in Silicon Valley are now doing it. It's a pretty widespread practice now for people trying to, you know, connect or find something I think it's actually... My, where I'm hoping it gets is, you know, I do feel grounded, but but limited, right? So there's got to be... I'm just missing something up here. And, uh, you know... Oh, yeah. Touch God. Touch God. Or something. <laughs> Touch God. I, I, we did it, man. Mike Cannon is awesome. Yeah. Thanks for having me. I appreciate really it. Really awesome. So and he opened up, and uh, I, I really, really enjoyed this. Thanks, Mike. Same. Thank you. Uh, Joey, wrap it up. I like how we all just stopped for a minute because in our heads we heard the music. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's jamming right now. <laughs> we'll leave links for Mike Cannon in our episode notes. Thanks again, Mike. Feel better, Robert? Leave a comment about this episode, rate us five stars, and subscribe free at Apple Podcasts. If you like the music you hear on this podcast, look me up at joeysalvia.com. And also check out my musical soul brother on Twitter, at EB Guitar Man. 
Grab a t-shirt and a hat at opradio.com. And thanks for downloading Westwood One Podcast Network's OP Radio. It's good that you guys are boozing. I like that type of crowd. I like crowds that are fucking lubricated and amped up. I'm currently in the middle of like a long hiatus from, from drinking. I do that every once in a while. Just take breaks just to prove I have control. Like I did sober January this year. Anybody ever go through that Vietnam? What a nightmare. I did soaps, Jan, and soaps, Feb. Super boring, but I was popping weed edibles like they're fucking multivitamins. Yeah, just all day, every day, talking to God on a Tuesday. It's been fun. I've been high around kids a lot lately. It's weed and it's kids I know. I'm not like smoking angel dust and showing up to a playground. Like... Start chewing through a seesaw. That's not what I'm doing. No, it's weed and it's kids I've already met. And I gotta tell you, not only do I recommend it, I think it should be mandatory for adults to be high around kids. I do. I've never connected with people more in my entire life. Everybody was on the exact same level. It was amazing. We were all experiencing so much wonderment. It was beautiful. My godson told me a nine minute story about the color of his goldfish, and I was fucking riveted. The color's in the name, but I'm on the edge of my seat like, yeah, yeah. What else? Before I did comedy, I did tours and birthday parties at the Museum of Natural History. It's the best gig ever because I would go stone to the gills and just introduce children to dinosaurs. You've never felt more like God. In your entire life. There I am just shepherding around these young minds. They're like, whoa. I'm high, so I'm like, fucking wow. Right? We're here. They used to be. We went into that planetarium, the big domed movie theater. We're learning about the creation of the universe. These poor kids are overstimulated. I'm already on Saturn. Morgan Freeman's sweet voice is just tickling my earlobes. I turn to one of these kids. I'm like, you think it's true? Do you think this is an ever-expanding abyss? From the Westwood One Podcast Network.